Hello and welcome to a very special Zelda Too Far North podcast. I am Stuart Fraser. And I'm Ross Goff. And today we're actually going to be doing part one of our Zelda special. Um, If you don't realise already, Ross and I are huge, huge Zelda fans. Um, And we thought it would be really fun to go through all the Zelda games and pull together what's basically a definitive Too Far North list of what the best Zelda games are. Mm -hmm. So, I mean... This is kind of spurred on because of obviously the recent release of Breath of the Wild has a lot of people in heated discussion about whether or not this is literally the best Zelda game or even the best game they've played. So it's it's interesting and obviously we'll get to to the point where we decide where that is on our list. Um, but yeah, we thought this would be a fun... It's kind of helpful for ourselves as well, I think, because <laughs> I'm not even <laughs> sure what the list looks like before this, so... Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, the reason we've taken a wee bit of time to do it is because I feel like we needed quite a bit of time to reflect back on Breath of the Wild yeah. to really get the full picture of it, you know, rather than being sucked up in the hype. Yeah, see, there's been Zelda games in the past that I've played and thought, oh, this beats Ocarina for me, potentially, and then I don't really know at this point now. I'm like, I look back and I go, hmm, I don't know, probably not, actually. But it's hard to beat nostalgia as well, so there's a lot to take into account, really. Yeah, so and we Ross and I have both made separate lists. I don't know what, he, what order he's put his in. I don't know what order I've, he doesn't know what I've done. So mm-hmm. we're just going to go back and forth and kind of see how the list plays out, I guess. Yeah, so I mean, it's going to get to a point where we're going to start off, and it might be easy enough, because we're going to go chronologically, where we'll we'll start off from The Legend of Zelda, and then we'll go from there on, we'll decide whether the next game is above or below the previous game and so on and I feel like it's going to get to a point probably where one, at least maybe one of our lists just becomes void almost because <laughs> somewhat, at some point we're going to disagree on something and we're going to have to come to a decision in order to make this the definitive TFN list of Zelda games and um, from that point on then it's just going to get different and weird and unpredictable probably so yeah, I'm looking forward to it um, I thought it would be fun because People who know us know we're huge Zelda fans. I think even people who don't know us know we're huge Zelda fans. But I thought it'd be good to maybe talk about how we got introduced to the series. So, I mean, what was the first Zelda game you played or kind of fell in love with? Yeah, so I think because of um, our generation or both of us being born in the 1990s, I think where we sit, we're, we have a similar maybe introduction to it. But the first, like as far back as I remember, um, you maybe embellish it and to glamorise the story, but... Um, as far back as I remember, I've, there's one thing that sticks with me where I used to play my, my Game Boy all the time and uh, my relatives knew this. So um, there was one time I went over to my grandparents' house and my uncle um, came over that day as well and he just so happened to have a, a cartridge and he, his story was that he got out of the car one day and um, in the middle of the road he noticed a Game Boy cartridge and... So he thought, oh, well, Ross plays the Game Boy, I'll just give it to him. So he picked it up, gave it to me, and it turns out it was Link's Awakening. Oh, that's and, such a good um, story. <laughs> I love this story. <laughs> um, so I was like, all right, cool. And this is, I'd never really known or understood what Zelda was t- till this point. And I played Link's Awakening, and to this day I'm still impressed that I actually managed to complete it, because it's probably one of the harder ones in parts. Um, yeah, it really and- is. I'm, I'm impressed with that, because I only yeah. finished it, I think, maybe last year. Yeah, like and like, so it's fresh in your mind. It's pretty, pretty difficult if I remember rightly. But um, yeah, it surprised me. Like, I don't know what I did back then. I can't think that far back. But I, I played it through at the end and completed it. And I think it was such a weird game because Link's Awakening. 
we'll come to it obviously on our list somewhere, but Link's Awakening was such an oddity in that it was basically Nintendo's testing grounds for Game Boy games and stuff, like when when they were adding in all these little Mario references and stuff. But but yeah, that's that's the first Zelda game I played and fell in love with, and then kind of from then on, I was able to I knew what the series was and kind of followed it then. And um, the next big thing was probably Ocarina after that, and that's kind of solidified it. Um, but yeah, I, I always think back to Link's Awakening as being my entry to the series. So yeah, I had I had quite of a weird intro to Zelda. It's almost similar. Um, I had a cousin who had Link's Awakening, and I remember playing it, loving it, but it wasn't mine, so I didn't really get to take it away and do anything with that. Yeah, and did you um, understand what it was at the time, or was this just a child, childish game? No, not kind at all. This was game. just a, this is a game for your Game Boy. Yeah. I've got it, do you want to play it? And it, I just didn't know at all. And then, I'm trying to remember rightly what came next, but I have a funny, I have a feeling it was... Link to the Past. I had a friend who showed me Link to the Past, but again, yeah. I didn't play it, I just watched. So I was starting to get an idea, I was like, oh, that's kind of like the other game I saw. And then the same friend showed me his new game, which was Ocarina of Time. Yeah. And I just went, fuck, this is just amazing. Because <laughs> um, one of the, he showed me, he was at the point where he just got to Hyrule Field and he showed me the point where you go out, and I was like, wow. Um, so I actually borrowed his N64 and Ocarina of Time and finished it and gave it back to him. <laughs> yeah. he, he was like, oh, how are you getting on with Zelda? I was like, oh, let's play it. And he went, whoa, fuck, you've done everything. I was like, yep. <laughs> That's um, funny, yeah, because I had a similar thing in that um, I people used to ask me to complete, their, like once or twice somebody asked me to complete their game for them, oh, which right, is such okay. a weird thing to do, Like, but kids will be kids. And like somebody was, oh, like... I'm stuck on this bit and I really can't do it do you just want to can I give you a borrow of it and you can like play it for me and complete it and I was like if you want yeah like <laughs> whatever if you don't want to I play it yourself I don't even think it was that I think I probably asked like can I borrow this I need to keep playing this yeah, and he's yeah. Like, he was just like yeah fine um, and then from there I got I remember getting Oracle of Ages I remember Link to the Past coming out in the Game Boy and I didn't know Link to the Past was an old game at that point I, I thought was it was the a new Game Boy Advance one yeah that's when um, I first played it yeah I just just fell in love. Just it's yeah, it's a terrific series. It's amazing that it could span so many generations. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, that was my intro to Zelda. It's a, a love at first sight kind of thing. Oh yeah, it's the wonder of it all, and it's obviously brought us to where we are now, and that's why we're doing a podcast on it. Like, well, we should maybe get started on this list now. Um, we have yeah. a lot of games to get through. first game, obviously we're doing this chronologically, is The Legend of Zelda, released on the NES or NES um, in 1986 in Japan, and it didn't actually come for a full year later, in 1987 in Europe, which shows the mm-hmm. kind of disparity between different markets back then. Yeah. Um, but it's it's the original. It's difficult, it's open exploration, it's for an 8-bit game, it's incredibly colourful with creative enemies. I mean, it's the starting point. I don't know if there's too much more you can really say about it. Yeah, it's a fairly simple concept, isn't it? Um, but it's the un- it's the the whole adventuring into the unknown, and um, 
a lot of the tricks that were were used and secrets. It was it was a very secretive game, and like you just did not have a clue what you were supposed to do. I suppose like you went, you got your sword, um, and you just went out and you wandered. And like there is like a chronological order to the dungeons, and there's some that you probably can't access without having done a few others. But essentially, you could wander to any of them um, near enough. Yeah. And I mean, uh, I, I did a kind of a new playthrough recently. Uh, got the sword, did the first did Dungeon 1, and that dungeon was all one, fine. Yep. And then I found this guy, and he was like, oh, I'll give this to the old woman. I was like, fuck, right, okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, and then I found this cave, and there's a woman just there with nothing, so I was like, showed her this note, and then she becomes a shop. And I was like, how the fuck are you ever supposed to know that? Yeah. Went wandering and found Dungeon 3. <laughs> like, and this is where I was like, okay, I, I, I'm done. I can't deal with this. Yeah. So but it just shows just by wandering, you can find weird and wonderful stuff. Oh yeah, there's loads of things like little. Um, oh, what is it? It's the secret to everybody. Like all the well-known phrases from Zelda One, like it's dangerous to go alone. Take this. Um, it's a secret to everybody when you go down the stairs and you find the wee moblin and he's like giving you money. <laughs> um, yeah. It's like it's just such weird things, but. Um, I guess this is a bit of a weird way to start off at confession time like I've played I think I've played almost all the way through it but I don't think I've completed it oh I haven't completed it um, I don't think that's yeah I've gotten far but then just found it really really difficult to the point where I would die a lot until it just I couldn't get further um, it's when you get to like I don't know what dungeon it is but is it the graveyards or is it up in the mountains or something and things just get really difficult and you've got um uh, I'm trying to think of the enemies that are kicking about. I don't know, but like I just find it really hard, and I've gone back time and time again. Um, obviously, it's been on many virtual consoles. I've probably bought it every time, um, but um, yeah, I haven't managed to finish it, and let alone get to the second quest or anything. Um, but I think it's testament that the idea of exploration and adventure still holds true to this day. Like, yeah. it's it's an old game. It's got old systems. It's not very good anymore, but the fundamentals is what people remember and it does kind of traverse kind of ages I guess in that way yeah yeah. well it's like when you go to say the PS2 um, or PS1 PS2 N64 GameCube era right you get games that were made in a certain way that if you go back and play them they're kind of unplayable like they just do not age well at all Um, but if you pick up Zelda 1 and you can get it like say on your 3DS on the virtual console and play it. You can play it. It's just there, and it's simple, and you can mm-hmm. you can play yeah. it, and it's still enjoyable. It's quite a challenge, but it's it's all there in the way that it was made originally, um, and it's just as good as it was back then. So, yeah, yeah, like you say, it's a testament to the the aging of it. It's it's a, I guess things were simpler back then. It was easier to make a simple, straightforward game. But um, yeah, but yeah, I, I so. just I, I think it's a great place to start. Obviously. It's number one on our list because there's only one game. Yeah, so it so wasn't poop below anything else. Congratulations, The Legend of Zelda. of Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link, came out on the NES in January 1987 in Japan. It didn't come out until December 1988 in Europe, so nearly two full years later, mm-hmm. which 
is crazy looking back. Now, Adventureland completely changed, well, not completely changed the formula, but this was now a top down kind of RPG style map that when you entered battles, it then became a side scrolling, I guess, <laughs> slash em up. I don't really know how yeah, to explain it. Hack and slash thing. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a game that just fucking went mad. Like, so you take the original formula and it really does just, it adds in magic and leveling like experience systems and items and and yeah like you say there's a weird weird what like when you exit an area when you exit a side scrolling area you're on a world map and then the bad guys will spawn and roam about until you touch one and then you're warped into a side scrolling battle again and the dungeons and the caves and stuff once you get to them you're in the side scrolling part again and like, there's even like the combat itself, like surprisingly deep, considering how many inputs you have. Like, in that you like default position, Link will be holding his shield on the upper part of his body, and if you duck, he lowers it to the lower half of his body. And what like some villains will do, like the, I don't know the dark nuts and stuff, like they'll fight you and like they'll attack you above and below, and you've got to attack them above and below as well. And like it actually considering how simple it is it's really technical and you have some mad fights with it or that's what I thought anyway it was a bit it was like it was, it was, I don't know it's a weird game as far as weird goes yeah I think yeah, you were talking a wee bit more about the positive side isn't it? but when you actually look back it is so different from what made Legend of Zelda so good yeah. that I just I struggle it's a shame because Miyamoto loves it he thinks that it's some of his best work and I just think it's it's awkward to play the world isn't isn't even as an interesting like. Do you know what I? I find it a, an odd one. Um, I think from the sounds of what you're saying, we're going to go the same way in a direction here, though. Um, but I, I really, I haven't gotten very far through the adventure of Link either. But there's something about that game that offsets it for me and like is really mysterious. Again, like I'm not really massive on the kind of overworld with the the roaming enemies things, like. I don't know if I would prefer random battles or something, but like I just I don't know if I'm really a fan of that. But as far as the whole, the temples and the dun- like the dungeons and that and like the item collecting and the leveling and the magic, and even just the villages, like there's something really mysterious about the whole game, and I really like that. Like I really like that it's just entirely different. Um, yeah, the kind of tone, but, but the actual like the side scrolling parts, I really don't like. I don't like the idea that Zelda. It's not. It doesn't feel like an exploration kind of adventure because it's like platforming. You're limited, no, just, yeah. To the two I directions. just didn't get it. Yeah, it's it's odd. It's um, it's hard to compare. To be honest, to the first one, it really oh, it's is hard to compare. Um, it's such a different game. Um, yeah, I think I think when you actually look at it, is it a good Zelda game? Probably not. Right. I think I think it's really what it comes down to. I guess it depends. It's, yeah, I, maybe at that point in time, there wasn't really a definition of what a Zelda game should be yeah no like I, I understand out. yeah I understand but, how it got made and everything but when you actually yeah. look at it now you're just like actually it's it's not that great but I would uh, kill for magic to be in games proper yeah yeah um, I, I miss that but no yeah well anyway going to the placing on our chart then I think we know where it's going yeah I mean I'll ask you the question is it better than The Legend of Zelda no 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 I don't think it is either so that's gone to the bottom of our list so it's Zelda 2 and then Zelda 1 the the, the difference here though is I guess you're not fond of it at all are you 
really. No, I, yeah. I just well, I, I can I can see what they were going for. I just don't think it's very good. Yeah, you don't, don't enjoy it as much. I th- I just don't. I think I yeah. I enjoy it. I think to some extent. So I guess it's funny. We've both placed it below Legend of Zelda, but we both see it differently. Maybe which is cool. Yeah, I just I think if it didn't have Zelda in it, I don't think it would have sold like at all. I just don't. When you actually look at it as a game, I just don't think it's got many redeeming features. Next one, on which to the next one. is a biggie. Like this is this is this is where Zelda really finds its mass audience and kind of blows up into the franchise that we know today. Yeah, so this is where this is what births people claiming favorite all-time games. Basically, it's funny how early on that happens. Um, yeah. So you looked at Zelda, basic open world. Zelda two tried to do some RPG, some side scrolling, didn't really work. Now this game is the Legend of Zelda: The Link to the Past. Came out in the SNES or N S N E S if you're going to be like that person um, in 1992, and then followed up in the Game Boy Advance ten years later in 2002. It's basically what created the standard Zelda formula. It was a game with a huge open world to explore, different puzzles, world puzzles, creative dungeons, and not only that, it actually had a second world which you could access from almost anywhere in the map. Eventually, mm-hmm. it's so. Incredibly good. <laughs> it's yeah, so, so it adds a lot. Of I things. just um, yeah, I just think it's so creative and clever, especially for the time. But even away from what it is back then, it yeah. still holds up today as a terrific world. Yeah. I think. Oh yeah, it's it's yeah. You can stick that on and play it happily. It's there's nothing um, as far as time and aging goes. There's nothing at all that has its hold on that. Um, it adds a lot of uh, traditional like what people would associate. Or expect to be in a Zelda game now. So you've got like your Master Sword, um, which obviously showed up in here. Um, it's got some songs like Zelda's Lullaby and stuff. Yep. That are well known throughout the series. Um, it's it, yeah. It's I'm trying to think of uh, other bits and bobs. Um, well, the, the the typical dungeon layout. You know, three dungeons followed by seven dungeons. Yeah. In in every dungeon, you you will struggle through. You will then. Find parts of the dungeon you can't access, but then you'll get an item in that dungeon, which will then help you finish the dungeon and then the boss. Yeah. So it also introduced standardized bossing as well. Uh, but also, one thing I love about Link to the Past is in every dungeon, there's actually two items. There's like you'll get like armor or like a mirror shield or just oh, things right. that yeah, are up- yeah. things that are upgrades rather than just I got the bow. You'll get the bow, but you'll also then find something else. That's not necessary to finish the game, but it's like a nice wee upgrade. Yeah, I do like that. I do like the whole... Um, like, there's nothing better than finding yeah. unique items like in dungeons and stuff. Like, it, it really does. I mean, so in the first one, obviously, you picked up items um, in, in the original Legend of Zelda. And um, it was obviously started there, but there's something about the whole chest thing in... What was it? In A Link to the Past. Um, it's just... Of that magical kind of, you go into the dungeons, going, oh, when am I getting the when am I getting the item? What's it going to be, and how am I going to use it, and all this kind of stuff. 
It's just, yeah, it's it's created... It, it's, it sounds like an easy write-off. It created the modern Zelda formula. But I think it's you need to understand what an undertaking that was. And the fact it still holds up today as a game. I think it's just incredible what they managed to do. Yeah, and so, like as you said, mentioned there, um, one of the biggest features of it is the alternate world. And the dark world is such a cool twist on everything. Um, Love it. That is honestly one of the best bits. Um like yeah, it's, it just mirrors the whole thing, and like there's differences between the worlds, different enemies, different places and dungeons and stuff, and it's yeah, different NPCs. The the side quests, some of them are really emotional. There's obviously the famous one about the boy with um, the flute. Oh Do you yeah, that? yeah. Where the parents are trying to find him, and it turns out he's died, and you're trying to bring them closure. It's 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 surprisingly emotional, and it's also <laughs> got a bit of a kind of plot twist. Like the villain is Aghanim. And you go, you go save Zelda, but it's kind of too late. Like he's fucked the world. The Dark World's taken over by his master Ganon, and that opens up a whole other thing for you to do. Yeah, oh, it's it just, is. It's, just, it's one of those things you incredible. feel like you're coming to the end of a game, and then it flips on its head. You've got like a whole other half to play, and you're like, oh, amazing. And there's just so many secrets hidden away that you then start to get with the new items that you're picking up. Yeah, yeah. And it's like stuff like I, I that, again I miss the kind of magic side of it, and like you got the medallions and like you had like earthquake powers and shit like yeah fire rod stuff. ice rod all this kind of stuff yeah so yeah no it's it's a big one um, it's a big it's, yeah <clears throat> it's still to this day a game that people consider the best yeah their favorite game their favorite Zelda game if not their favorite game like it is up there so. Well, is it time to list it? Yeah, where's this one going, Stuart? So is it better than The Adventure of Link? Yes, yes, I believe so. Yeah, I would say so. And do you think it's better than the original Legend of Zelda? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I think that was quite an easy one. So it's starting off quite easy. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So that's Link to the Past now to the top of our list. And I think that is a strong start, Yeah. to be honest. I'm really interested to see where this one goes with you from now on. <laughs> I know this. I think I'm nervous. Um, that's that's well, where that sits. So that's our list for the moment. Um... came in a form of Ross's childhood memory. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's released how it came game, into the world. Yeah, released in the Game Boy in 1993. It then came to the Game Boy Color in 1998 as a DX version with color and Game Boy camera and printer features. It is the amazing Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. Gahaha. Now, this one being so close to your heart, do you want to talk about it? Because I played it last year for the kind of... Like fully, I've managed to finish it for the first time last year. Yeah. So I'm interested to see your thoughts on it. So, well, I guess, it, like I said earlier, it's probably fre- more fresh in your head, but. Oh, like, so Link's Awakening does that thing that your English teacher used to always tell you not to do when you were writing a story. In that put in a whalefish. <laughs> put in a windfish. Um, <laughs> so. I guess it goes... We haven't actually mentioned, but I guess it goes without saying. If you are bothered about spoilers in any of these old Zelda games, then stop listening. But, um... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it does that thing where you play through this world, and at the end, it was all a dream. Or was it? 
I don't know. But Link's Awakening was honestly it's so like so okay, I'm gonna go for go for like the story first of all. It's fairly straightforward in that Link kind of wakes up on this island and you're wandering around, you don't have a weapon or anything, like you've um washed up on shore after a storm or whatever and uh, you're in this village and wandering about talking to people and and you go down I have to say actually I'll mention it like when you get your sword in Link's Awakening it is the most like empowering moment oh my god like, it's so good see isn't when it? you finally find it and you go down and the music and everything it's, it is brilliant um, but yeah so like you get your sword and all this kind of stuff and you meet um, uh, I get confused now but it's Marin is it Marin? Marin yeah yeah it's Marin I keep getting confused with Marin and Malon and blah 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 um, but yeah Marin um it kind of creates one of the most, one of the saddest moments I think in all of Zelda for me, is where there's one part because you you learn that this island is all part of a dream created by the Windfish. This this story must sound insane when you tell it to people, but it's great though. This is what makes it so great. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. So like on top of a mountain on the island, there's a massive egg, and in this egg is the Windfish. A big flying whale that, if you've listened to our podcasts before, you know that it's my spirit animal. Um, <laughs> so in this wind, in this egg, there's a windfish, and he's in eternal slumber. And for so long as the windfish sleeps, the island shall remain. But the idea is that um, there are nightmares that are plaguing, plaguing the windfish's dream, and blah blah blah. And you go around, and you're trying to get off the island, and obviously to get off the island you must wake the windfish. You must destroy the nightmares, wake the windfish, blah, blah, blah. And um, with that, obviously, comes the fact that the island will no longer be. And there's a point where you're with um, Marin on the beach and she's talking to Link and she's like, she says something along the lines of like, oh, please promise me like that once we're gone you won't forget me or something. Or like promise you'll remember me and stuff. And it's like she's, uh, she's conceding to the fact that she will disappear when he finishes his quest. Yeah, and it's, it's really sad. Oh, it's honestly like, for being a Game Boy game, like, sometimes it's hard to elicit emotion in these kind of smaller games. Um, but at the time, and even now, like, I, if I play through it, it's like, oh, it's one of the most emotional things. And it's so nice. But um, on a grander scale, though, like, that's just one of my highlights from the game. But on a grander scale, this game has... A really cool world. It's a really cool island. It's got all your typical Zelda kind of areas, I suppose. Um, different dungeons, and each dungeon has a, a key. Um, there is, there is. I'm just trying to remember now. There is keys to get into them. There's yeah. one of them. No, there is keys to get, or there's there ways there's to get keys. into them. Essentially, like so, it follows actually quite a standard top-down Zelda format in that it's you do temple, you find out about the next one. You kind of do a world story puzzle, and then you'll yeah. get into the temple. Yeah, um, because I'm thinking of the one where you needed Bow Wow to get in. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the second temple. It's yeah. really early on. So it's it's like yeah, it's really different because, like I said earlier, they used this. I think this is when they were experimenting with the Game Boy, and they didn't really have a full idea of what they were doing. So you can see stuff like um, sprites for Mario and like piranha plants, and obviously there's Chain Chomp. Like, which is like the dog, <laughs> which is Bow Wow, and it's so odd that they had all these little things in there and they just kept them there. Um, what's um What's interesting about Link's Awakening is when you talk about the puzzles and the temples, 
the puzzles will actually have to be, because of limitations, had to be like locked to one room. So to solve a puzzle, everything you kind of ever needed was in that room. Except what they managed to do to make it feel like it was an open world is that you could actually bring elements into that room to then solve it. Oh, wow, I've never, I mean? thought of, I've never thought of it like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you're in a room, you can you have to solve the puzzle in that room. There's nothing in two rooms down that if you do something, it'll affect the room two from like where you've been. Yeah. Like, they can't affect each other because of the limitations. But the way they got around that is they did bring... If you brought an element into that room, that could help solve the puzzle. So that made it feel like you were... You know, it felt like a cohesive place, so rather than just room, 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 room. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the biggest example of that would have to be Eagle Tower, then. Yeah. So Eagle Tower is an, oh my god, that temple is so so hard. Yeah, it is a monster that one. So an Eagle Tower, you can't really solve it. But what you actually have to do is you have to collapse part of the tower, and that will then start lining up rooms. So that's an example of you can only solve the puzzles in the room, then. You basically flip a switch, almost, the tower drops, and it looks, so that makes it feels like a big dungeon, when in fact it's actually, all it's done is change the individual rooms. Yeah, yeah, so it shows you a wee picture, like, you've got this massive tower, basically, and then I think it's like, you get a wrecking ball, basically, you get this massive ball, don't you? And you have to go yeah, to certain, yeah, you have to go to certain rooms in the dungeon and smash the pillars in those rooms, and then it just shows you the image of the tower, and it, like, collapses down on itself. And then it's like totally changed the Fucking format of it. Cool. Like it's That's honestly so one of the cool. coolest ever, yeah. Um, but so, I guess we didn't mention it in a link to the past. Um, but the whole kind of teleportation aspect with the flute um, or, or oh, whatever yeah, musical yeah, sorry, instrument. Yeah, yeah, you can get around the world. Yeah, yeah, so that's one big thing that kind of pops up in a lot of Zelda games, and you get it again in Link's Awakening. Um, and you have to learn songs from people. Um, in this one to do certain things I'm trying to think what because there is a te- there's like a teleport you one I don't really remember what the I don't really remember what the flute does oh no it's quite important it's not all different instruments you get well see that's that's Link's Awakening overall and again another thing I really like about the game that we, I guess we can discuss because basically the collectible so every Zelda game kind of has a collectible or a thing you need out of the dungeon or whatever there's the overarching story and stuff but to wake the windfish you need to play the windfish's ballad Another one of my favourite songs in the entirety of Zelda, but oh, um, banger. so like you have to play the Windfish's ballad at the egg, and to do that you have to basically acquire all the different instruments from the, within the temple, within the dungeons. So you amass all of them, and then at the end you have this big bit where you're playing it, and all the instruments appear, and it plays the full song, and then the egg opens up, and you're like, wow. But um, yeah, like there's the wee there's the wee flute or ocarina or what I can't even remember, but. Like it, you can use that for teleportation and stuff. There's a bit where you learn a song off of the, the big. Um, you don't learn it off the fish, do you? Do you learn off a big fish? Like, it's so weird. Speaking of like weirdness, that's it. Kind of has the whole um, side-scrolling thing. There's some side-scrolling areas in Link's Awakening. Yeah, there is. Yeah, um, they're very minimal though. Yeah, like it kind of it's kind of like a homage to, to Zelda One and Two, obviously. Like where Zelda One, you would go in. And there would be, you would kind of go downstairs and you'd be in a side scroll bit to go and get the item. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that in a way. Like there's the occasional little bit where you would go in and you'd be on like a, you have to jump on a platform to go across some spikes and stuff. It's so odd. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was, it was good. Um, one last thing I want to mention about Link's Awakening is the quest, like the main quest line you get in it. 
Um, what, like Waking wake the Windfish? Oh, sorry, not the main not the main quest line, but the side quest, sorry. Um, I can't even remember what you get at the end of it. Uh, I don't know if I did this. What is, what, well, what's the quest? It's honestly huge. Like, I'm not even going to be able to remember all of it, but I just remember stuff like... Because you, you get, like, a picture of Peach that you have to give to a guy, and how does it start again? I don't even remember you get like a bow that you give to Bow Wow and then Bow Wow gives you dog food and you give the dog food oh, to someone else. Oh, I did this. That whole yeah, thing. Yeah, like yeah. bananas. Oh God, yeah. It is huge. It is a long one and um, honestly one of the best side quests. Like it just goes on and on and on. You're passing all these... Tra- it's like a trading quest where you're passing all these different items to different people. Um, it's probably not worth the reward. I don't even remember what the reward is. But yeah, I wanted to mention that because it's honestly one of the best. All the colourful, weird characters you get in that game, and like you're giving them like different things, and and uh, well, oh, it's great. But I think it'll be time to place it because we are yeah. already nearly half forty minutes in, and we're only on game four. Oh my god! Okay, <laughs> that's a nightmare. Um, <laughs> right. Okay. So, what are we saying, Stuart? What were your thoughts on this one? Okay, is it better than Adventure of Link? Yeah. Yeah. Is it better than Legend of Zelda? Yeah. Yeah. Is it better than A Link to the Past? Oh. I'm going to say no purely because I love Link's Awakening like you'll see it yeah. it's quite high up on my list but it is not quite the full adventure of A Link to the Past when you really get down to it, it is, it's just not that same scale or yeah it's really creative but it just doesn't quite have that same level yeah. as A Link to the Past to me see Link's Awakening is better to me but I don't want nostalgia to be part of that yeah um, yeah I can understand that so on yeah. my list it comes probably higher up than quite a few more that we're going to mention but I can see what you're saying as well so I feel like I think you'll be surprised where it comes on my list yeah but I, I just don't think it's as good as A Link to the Past when you really look at what you know what Zelda is and as a full game well I guess in some ways like Link's Awakening would never have existed without A Link to the Past um, yeah but like I said, nostalgia is a big thing. I love that game, um, but I think I'll I'll concede on this one, and I'm You're happy to, one, yeah. to put it below a link to the past. Yeah. So now we've got a link to the past, fall, uh, then Link's Awakening, Legend of Zelda, and then Zelda Two: Adventure of Link. Do you know what though? What a link to the past doesn't have a windfish in it. It well, no, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Hmm. Sorry. Hmm. <laughs> Sorry. I'll let you off. On to another big one. It took another five years before another Zelda game came out. It released the N64 in 1998 and famously spurred on that quote from Miyamoto a delayed game is eventually good but a bad game is always bad. It then received a full remaster of the 3DS in 2011. It is The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Dun, 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 dun. It is, yeah. I mean, I mean, we could probably go past this one quite quick because pretty much everyone's played it. It's... The link to the, it's a link to the past, but 3D, and it just blows. Pretty, well, it's considered one of the best games of all time, isn't it? It's yeah. considered the best game of all time. So perhaps maybe recently. Yeah. So it's been my favorite game. I think it's been your favorite game. Um, yeah. 
I don't know really what much more there is to say. There's I always struggle to describe Ocarina, right? Because there's something in my head that it's it's almost a it's like a sense of symmetry. There's something perfect about this game. Um, yeah. The way, like the mechanics of it, the temples, the story of it. The story is straight down the line, like good versus, good versus evil. evil. Yeah. <laughs> um, it does the time thing amazingly. Um, like the first time I turned into an adult, my head blew up. Like it's just everything about it is so good. It's got the three temples at the beginning. It's got all the other temples afterwards, and they're all elemental um, affiliations and. See, this is one thing that I actually really love about Zelda games, is I love the tradition. I love having Ganondorf and Ganon in my game. I love having the themed temples. Like, I really like all yep. of this. But the one thing that worth is worth mentioning, I think, um, before we move on quickly, is that... The Ocarina. Oh, it's great. It is so good. Learning songs yep. from people to be able to do stuff in the game is... That is honestly... It really saddens me that it hasn't been used as much in later years, um, because it's one yeah. of my favourite things yeah. about Zelda and one of my favourite things about Ocarina, and honestly, one of the things that would propel it up there so much for me. I love that aspect of it. You could even make your own songs and record them at the Scarecrow guy, and like use them. You could play your own song to like spawn the Scarecrow in dungeons and stuff. Like, there's just insane things in there. Like that music like the ocarina and all the songs that came along with it is just honestly one of the best things about the game I think I think a lot of people talk about the main part being a Zelda game the thing I want to quickly mention is that the kind of side quests they have so much heart and feeling in all the side quests even the one where you rescue Epona you know yeah. brother who works his ass off never gets to own the ranch and eventually he betrays his brother yeah yeah I love and that and that kind of idea well. of like redemption like you beat him and he accepts his brother comes back and he like is he's so remorseful and the the characters and everything just have so much so much life in the game. Yeah. Um The funny thing is you yeah, don't it, need to do the opponent one either. <laughs> no, it's complete that's a complete side quest. Yeah, it's yeah. optional, like it's it's mental and there's different ways of doing like the whole thing where you gallop over the fence at the end of that quest. Like it's oh, so, so good. good. It is the best. Yeah. Um yeah, we'll try not to talk too much more about it because it's, it's I'm an obvious, safe to say where this yeah. is gonna go in our list. Um, so well, is it time to place it already yeah we'll place it just now because Ocarina is Ocarina and yeah. Yeah. oh actually quick note about Ocarina it's actually the first game to introduce Ganondorf oh yes yeah it is because Ganon's always been a big pig man Ganon yeah the Ganon form is obviously the form of evil but Ganondorf one of the fucking coolest characters ever debuted in Ocarina of Time yeah see he's one of my favourites as well like he's one thing that I love having in my Zelda game is Ganondorf or a humanoid yeah. villain that is almost matches Ganondorf I remember and like um, in the design of him they said that I can't quite remember this now but I remember in an interview the designer said that he was asked for Ganondorf to be he originally draw, drew him quite hard but then he was asked to give him intelligent eyes or something like that because he was oh he wanted him to be not just incredibly tough, but he wanted him to be incredibly smart as well. That's like, he was not just a big, hard, bad guy. He was intelligent and a smart yeah. man. And I love cool that about him. Yeah, he is He is smart as well as hard, if you know what I mean. Like, that's so cool. Yeah. And the end fight sequence is one of the best. Oh my god, right. it might be my favourite. Right. I don't even know. <laughs> Time to place. Time to place. Time to place. Um, so, is it better than The Adventure of Link? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, I'm blank there. Um, is it better than the Legend of Zelda? Yes. 
Is it better than Link's Awakening? Yes. Is it better than A Link to the Past? Yes, for me it is. Yes, and for me as well. Yeah. So I, I think that was quite an easy one. It, it was always going to shoot to the top of our list, and I think it's going to be hard to dethrone it from there. Yeah, we're going to have to see what happens later on. This next game is one that I'm really interested about where these arguments are going to come from. Right, okay. <laughs> um, it released just two years later after Numo said that he would love to make his own Zelda game. He was given one year to make it and used all the same assets from Ocarina of Time. It is. It released in the N64 in the year 2000 with the expansion pack. It is Majora's Mask, um, which also then released in a remaster in 3DS in 2015. So, Majora's Mask is a really interesting one because it's got a day cycle, it's dark-themed, yeah, and it's got a lot of strong place in people's hearts, more than others, I think, is the point I'm just going to make. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I, I love Majora's Mask. The idea of the time cycle is amazing. You've got three days to do anything, and then you have to go back in time, and when you go back in time, the whole world resets. So, and it comes up with some crazy, crazy mechanics based around that. Yeah. I, I think it's incredibly creative in the way that it works. So, I mean, Majora's, it all comes down to, I feel, how you how you feel about the theme. How you feel about the tone of the game. Yeah. Because it is a dark, dark game. It is a yeah. depressing game. Well, I should game. say, the three days is because the moon's about to land in the world. Yeah, so the world's going to die in three days' time. Um, and there's the whole game is filled of like side quests and little stories that are to do with grief and death and everything. Like It's really morbid. Um, the, basically, the main one of the main mechanics of the game is that you can put on masks to transform into the different species of like the kind of typically Hyrulean species, like Gorons, Zoras, and the Deku shrubs. Um, and the reason you can do this is because these masks that you collect have the souls of the person they came from in them. Like yeah, so like you find. Like, for example, I guess, the Goron, like, the guy, Darmani, his name is, he dies, and you're able to wear his face and become him, like, it's a bit... Yeah, I mean, talking about the... the, I've I've completed Majora's Mask, um, and I started playing again on the 3DS, and I got to Zora's Bay, and it's just the most depressing place in any Zelda game that I I haven't haven't finished it on the 3DS yet, because I just got so, like... The music is so dark and twisted. I was going to say, the music is really depressing. But do you know what's kind of cool as well? It's actually got, although it's a lot of it's really dark, it's actually got quite a lot of humour in it as well. I mean, there's a side quest where you have to fight off spaceships and abducting cows. Oh, wow, cows. yeah. But even that has a dark overtone in that... <laughs> you know how they've got the milk bar? Mm. And, like, I'm pretty sure... Yeah, the bar will close if you, the, all, the sh- all the cows get taken. Aye, like, the older, the older sister tries to get her younger sister drunk so that she doesn't feel what's going to happen to her when the aliens take them away. 
Oh God! It's yeah. Like it's. it's, it's I'm pretty sure there's some. I can't remember the conversation, but there's something about that where she's talking about she's gonna have to get something to like help her sister or whatever. Um, but oh my God, it is dark. And so basically, I I love dark material. Like I love things that are. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Like if if Mel and I are watching a film and it has a sad ending, I like do a mini fist pump because I'm glad it wasn't a good ending if you know what I mean I don't know what it is about like I don't yeah, know I'm like that I remember watching The Pursuit of Happiness and at the end of the film Will Smith gets a job and it's all happy because his life's been miserable I kind of wish he didn't get the job yeah I, I almost appreciate the the real the realistic sadness of it more if yep. he didn't get his job and blah 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 like that kind of stuff I like it when things don't go to plan and I don't know why it's a really weird personality trait <laughs> like what what is that about but I just I tend to be that way. I like dark things. I like s- sad things. I like to see things go the wrong way in in films and books and whatever. Like so, Majora's really sticks with me because I love how sad it is. It's like a beeline Zelda where it's not to do with the typical three parts of the Triforce and Ganon and Zelda and Link. Like it's just this offshoot of weirdness, and I love those ones. I really do. Um, not to mention yeah. Fierce Deity Link. Like one of the biggest cool. side so quests cool. again in Zelda history is like collecting all of the masks to be able to trade them at the end to get the one mask back, the fierce deity mask. Yeah. And I think pfft, yeah, he's a badass. I want to quickly talk about the temples because we're talking more about the theme and stuff, which probably does reflect Majora's more. I always thought the temples were okay. Yeah, but the stone temple where you actually have to flip the whole temple and then start doing the temple on its roof. Yeah is insane so the stone temples yeah that's a highlight that's an incredible part of the game it's time to place Majora's Mask and now I think this is going to be a real fucking sticking point <laughs> oh dear so right is it better than The Adventure of Link yeah is it better than Legend of Zelda yeah is it better than Link's Awakening yeah now see I have it as no Ooh. but but I am willing to concede because I think that's just kind of it's just that's a very personal thing. Wow. Okay. You bet you weren't expecting that, were you? I wasn't expecting it to be that early. <laughs> yeah. No. No. I'll I'll concede there. Okay. Is it better than a link to the past? Because I say yeah, but I say no. Yeah. I really don't think it is. I that's really why. That's why I find interesting because I prefer. I I have a. I, I love Majora's Mask. It's one of my favourite, like, all-time favourites. Um, so I, I was surprised to see that you prefer Link's Awakening over it. Um, yeah, I do. So yeah, I, I, I really do. Um, that is a mindfuck, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, right. So, I mean, my argument... Well, do you want to argue for Majora's Mask's sake? I want to argue for a Link's the Past's sake. Well, see, we've kind of... It's hard because we've already maybe mentioned most of things, but... Yeah, it's just for me, Link to the Past being such a big, grand adventure and effectively making Zelda what it is. I guess it depends what you want to put forward in that A Link to the Past is the all-round complete package of a Zelda game. Um, It sets the the standards. It has the traditional tropes. Majora's Mask is the complete polar opposite of that. It does away with the standards and it sets its own path. And it does things completely differently. So it depends what you want to... Yeah, I just for, for me, A Link to the Past is... You know, you're talking about the tropes and everything. It was the one that made them all. Yeah. And is pretty much close to the perfect version of that. If you 
don't count Ocarina of Time. Yeah, yeah. Ah, see, this is why this was a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, I knew, I knew, I knew it was going to be Majora's Mask. I knew, <laughs> I knew it was going to be Majora's Mask. I looked to the past and fuck it. See, I just can't really think. I can't really think of much more to say, um, other than what we've already mentioned. So, I think. I mean, Majora's Mask's going to be really high up. Yeah, you've conceded for Link's Awakening. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. We'll put Majora's just below A Link to the Past. Then. I mean, ju- is it like a just below? <laughs> yeah. Like, we'll have to like, just do it in like tenths of like marks. So 1.5 yeah. is this and blah, blah, blah. Right, okay, there it is. That's where it sits. Right. Cool, so our list is now Ocarina of Time, A Link to the Past, Majora's Mask, Link's Awakening. Uh, fuck, I've lost track now. Legend of Zelda, Zelda 2? Is that where we're at? Yeah, yeah that's where yeah. we are. That's, that's it. Okay. Well, the next one, a year later, um, as a standalone release for the Game Boy Color in 2001 it is the two games The Legend of Zelda Oracle of Ages and The Legend of Zelda Oracle of Seasons yes. two different games two very different themes um, and both pretty great I think I think it's safe to say they're both pretty fantastic yeah they're both really good games um, the interesting thing about it is it's Capcom isn't it they're Capcom yeah so this yeah so I mean, Oracle of the Ages is the one I played, um, and Capcom actually got involved with another Zelda game, which we'll come to, but yeah. this was their first kind of foray into it, and I think they did a really good job. I think they know what makes Zelda quite good. So, yeah, that's the interesting thing, is that Capcom Zelda games, they're making a Zelda game, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah. they're they're going out to make a game that follows the Zelda formula, um, whereas Nintendo themselves tend to make a Zelda game usually that is new if you know what I mean Capcom yeah, do their duty of making what is expected so and, yeah and I think I think they did a good job it's, yeah. it follows a very standard procedure you're trying to rescue a princess it's ages is very dark it's all it's like the the the, ba- the bad person I can't remember his name is it Zavi Onyx or no that's I can't remember but Onox. basically who's they created Onox it, and who's the woman it's the woman is the woman thinking of but she creates an eternal day and basically enslaves all the people to build this tower for her yeah um, but it's cool there's like weak characters there's like a kangaroo you have at one point there's yeah like you get Komodo mount dragon basically ride. Um, <laughs> like it, it's good and also what this did is we talked earlier about Link's Awakening you know puzzles solved in one room this actually because of the Game Boy Colors more power and storage than the cartridges you can now Create you can now do puzzles that span multiple rooms. Yeah. So the temples actually got a bit more complex, um, and there's a really interesting area where you're you're taking a raft somewhere and you get caught in a storm and you lose all your items and you have to go collect them all back in a certain order. Yeah. Just it, they're good. I, there's not much I can say. I yeah. think they're good Zelda games. It's interesting because they both have a mechanic that morphs the world in a way. So. Yep. In the Oracle of Ages, you can go forward and backwards in time um, that changes what the world looks like and how it acts. In Seasons, you've got the Rod of Seasons or whatever it is, and you can literally change between like winter, summer, or whatever. Um, 
and that's really really cool like it works really well there's a load of other little little additions to it um, and they're really good games so I almost see it as like Link's Awakening but or like a sequel to Link's Awakening because they play very similarly to that yeah um, yeah so it's it's interesting. It's really cool, and it, they've did a really good job on it. Um, I guess if we haven't stated it enough, these came on two different cartridges. Um, so you could bought one, like it did the whole Pokemon thing basically, but they were two different games essentially. Um, and what you could do is, if you beat both of them, you got a code, and it allowed you to access an extra boss at the end where you fought Ganon, um, which is quite interesting, quite cool. Um, just a little extra, but I guess. How do we feel about these ones next year? I've played... I, I can't remember. What one did I play all the way? I, I, I played I... ages. And being quite young, it was quite weird because there's an area as well where they're like, oh, you can only get in here if you're a special you know, Goron. But all the <laughs> Gorons are pretty much dead, so you go back in time and become friends with the Gorons and then you can access the temple in the future. Oh, yeah, so that's cool. And it's just cool stuff like that. I think they're good games. Um, you, I guess well, I'm kind of ready to place them. but Yeah, yeah, me too then. Um... Okay, okay so is it better than The Adventure of Link? Yeah. Is it better than Legend of Zelda? Yeah. Yeah, is it better than Link's Awakening? For me, no. No, I don't think so either. Cool, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've, we've, reached, we've reached a nice point. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, don't, I, just, I think they're great games. The, the issue Capcom maybe have is they don't have quite the same amount of charm. Maybe yeah, as perhaps Nintendo. See the thing. The thing I have with it is now at this point, there's nothing wrong with almost. Well, I mean, apart from maybe the Adventure of Link for you, I don't. I prefer certain games over others. But when we're placing Oracle of Ages and Seasons, I really don't. There's nothing wrong with this game. It's a great game. Like I love. I really enjoy playing them. Yeah, they're really good. But it's just that it falls underneath the ones that are even better. So it, yeah, it's it's yeah. it's by no means a bad thing where it is placed because this list is a very, really good. a very high up list anyway. Yeah. Um, so okay, we'll move on to the next game. came out two years after Oracle of Ages, came out on the GameCube in 2003, and received an HD makeover on the Wii U in 2013. It is The Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker. The Wind Waker, the, a now, big one. This is the first ever Zelda game that I got on launch. This mm. is me now knowing that I love Zelda, and I read everything I could in magazines. It's And the th- interesting thing about magazines is... It has self-shaded graphics, so you're looking at a magazine going, this looks really weird. But then when you saw it in motion, God, it's just beautiful. Yeah. It's just a fantastic looking game. See, so Wind Waker, for anyone who wasn't aware, Wind Waker was the big controversy because I remember that like, at Space World one year or something, um, Nintendo released a wee trailer for what was going to be like, what seemed to be the next Zelda game. And it was a kind of almost... It was just a tech demo, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was like a tech demo thing of Link fighting Ganondorf. Um, it looked cool enough. And... Um, this is what we got. We got the Wind Waker. So people were expecting one thing, got another, and of course at the time everyone was like, oh, it looks cartoony, it looks for kids. Um, I I think you're the same, but I have to say I didn't, that never crossed my mind. Um, the game looked amazing. It did. 
It did when I was looking at it, but then as soon as I got my hands on it, it just the the music. Wind Waker could possibly be my favorite music. I think it's just amazing. Yeah. Um, it's it's just a, a game full of character and that art style they went for. Like really differentiated himself from any other game at the time. Yeah, yeah. It actually kind of splintered the games in a way that there's two kind of art styles that people know now. Yeah. Almost. There's like the real Link and the cartoon Link. Toon Link, who obviously appeared in Smash. Like, there wouldn't have been that character um, without Wind Waker. So, as you say again, uh, it's worth mentioning that the whole thing with Ocarina and the music, in a, it did a similar thing in Wind Waker, where you had the Wind Waker, and you yeah, conducted the, condu- the wind. Band, yeah, yeah, you conducted the wind. Basically, you were kind of playing little tunes with um, with the wind, and again, I love it. I absolutely love that. Um, I thought the, um, I mean, quickly let's just talk about the temples. I thought the temples were pretty good. Um, they were well designed aesthetically. They probably weren't the most challenging dungeons. I mean, if you look up the fantastic YouTube series Boss Keys, yeah, I, I wholly recommend anyone who loves Zelda to go watch them. Oh, they're great. He talks about. <laughs> The, the, the temples are actually quite linear, but they're such they're so well designed that you don't really mind. They're kind of it's like they almost tried to do something slightly different from Ocarina. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's aesthetically, it's just a beautiful game. I think the temples were good, maybe not outstanding. There's not too many of them, but it was a solid game. Yeah. Yeah. No. Wind Waker. So obviously, the big change with the Wind Waker is that it's um, set on the Great Sea. You're no longer riding a pony about the place. You're not travelling the land. You're actually travelling between islands. Um, and this yeah, was that's just obviously inc- another interesting point. Yeah, like this was just incredible at the time I played it. When I first played it, it was just. I don't know if any other Zelda game, to be honest, maybe well, it might have changed recently, but up until the release of Breath of the Wild, I don't think any other Zelda game did the sense of adventure better. Yeah, no, I would agree. Um, yeah. I think Wind Waker was the best at that, and. Um, because you'd, you'd go up to an island and be like, oh, I wonder what's here. And then you'd see like kind of world puzzle and you'd do it and you'd get an item or something. Like yeah. everything was interesting. Or if you saw like a, a boat out in the sea, you'd go up to it and something interesting would happen. Like it rewarded exploration. Yeah. Yeah. It was honestly, it was two of my favourite things from Zelda in general come from the Wind Waker. And one of them is Sunken Hyrule. Yeah. So when you cool, complete yeah. the Tower of the Gods and you ring the bell. And the wee light comes up, and you descend beneath the ocean, and you're then in Hyrule, like as it was before it was frozen, and it's honestly one of the coolest bits in any of the games, I think. Um, and getting the Master Sword and all that kind of stuff—it's oh, it's so so good. And then the other thing I wanted to say was, we mentioned that Ocarina of Time has one of the best endings, Wind Waker. Has again, oh, it has love it. one of the best wending, wendings, <laughs> wet endings. It has one of the best endings in all of Zelda again. So you could almost do a whole other podcast discussing the the finales. <laughs> um, I mean, the thing for me about Wind Waker is you are a child, and your companion, you know, the King of Hyrule through the boat is pushing pushing you to do these things. You know, it's your destiny, it's your destiny. But you're not really ready or outfitted to be doing these things. Like you, you are a child, and that's really summed yeah. up well in the end. Where Ganondorf beats you, he, he fucking batters you yeah. really easily. There's the whole. I mean, it's interesting as well because you have a sister in this game. 
Yeah. Um, and it starts off, you're not saving Zelda, you're saving your sister, Aral. Um, yeah. And um, it's that whole sibling thing and Granny, like Granny, that is one of the saddest oh, no. bits. Let's go, like, this oh. is the sad point for Wind Waker. <laughs> we have to have a sad bit in every game. Um, when you're saying goodbye and he's waving and then you see Granny at the house and she's really sad and she, like, waves goodbye and you're like, oh, Granny. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, Link, Link's... A, a boy he's a boy a family yeah more than he, ever he's not he is a, a child. hero born out of anyone yeah yeah um so oh, yeah let's, let's we, place it, it yep time to place it so is it better than the adventure of link yep. is it better than legend of zelda yep is it better than oracle of ages and seasons yep is it better than link's awakening yep is it better than majora's mask yep is it better than a link's to the past for me yes I think this is what we're going to be battling with because you've got a much bigger place in your heart for a link to the past than I do. Yeah, like and I, yeah, I, I, I love the game. I really do, but I think I don't have as much. I've played through it. Maybe I think I've played through a Link to the Past from start to finish once, and I really liked it. But I haven't really gone back, and it doesn't have a nostalgic place for me. Um, yeah, I, 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 I try not to let nostalgia bother me too much with a Link yeah. to the Past because it does just feel like the game. Yeah. Um. Um, I'm willing to concede on that. Yeah, actually, I do. Yeah, I think it, it's, is, on yeah. my list, it's right behind it. Yeah, for me, it goes. Well, now it's changed. It goes Majora's Wind Waker, Link to the Past. Yeah. Um, okay, I'll concede there. I'll concede there. That's fair. Good stuff. Good stuff. Wind Waker. Yeah. Big up the Wind Waker, and I guess it goes. Um, it's worth mentioning that the HD remake's amazing as well. It's it's, oh, it's gorgeous. Great. It's good. It's, yeah, it's yeah. If anyone has a Wii U. Um, <laughs> go get it. <laughs> go get it, yo. So, the next one is actually a game I've not played, although I have a little bit. It was a bit of a spin-off from the sort of Wind Waker style. Um, oh, yeah. The first ever multiplayer Zelda game, released in the GameCube in 2004, is The Legend of Zelda Four Swords Adventure. So I guess, can we class... Because um, we did mention earlier, A Link to the Past came with Four Swords, didn't it? It did, yeah. So I, I wasn't really counting that, because yeah. it's not a standalone so game. Technically, yeah. So I guess technically that's where multiplayer came into it, but this is the first standalone multiplayer Zelda game. That's right, yeah. Yeah. So, Four Swords Adventure, it's a bit of a botched idea, I thought, because I had it on the GameCube and I played it on my own, and it was great fun. Uh, yeah, it, it's where the first appearance of a certain villain came in. Um, who? Vati. Ah, that's who I'm thinking of. Because you, you get confused in that, obviously there's a game we're going to talk about in a minute, deals with the origin of Vati. But Vati himself first appeared in Four Swords. Um, so Four Swords Adventure. Well, I'm pretty sure he was in Four Swords Adventure as well. Because I know the end of Four Swords Adventure, you fight Ganon. But but yeah, Four Swords Adventure was a weird one. It you, Basically, to play the way it was intended, you had to have Game Boy Advance... Uh, Game Boy Advances and the cable to connect to the GameCube and then you had to all sit there with like a Game Boy Advance each 
and go into like whenever you went into a building, basically you would appear on your controller. Like yeah, that's right. So yeah, it was a bit weird and a bit impossible <laughs> to get together with people to do. So I played it. Th- I played through it on my own, and it was an odd little game. It went in stages, like the whole four swords format. It kind of went. There was like areas, and you went in and you did levels almost. And um, don't get me wrong, there was some incredible little parts of it where you could get into formation with your your different links, and doors would open and floods of enemies would come in. Because obviously it's a sprite-based game. Like f- they would just come flooding in, and you're slashing loads and loads and loads of guys. And there's gems flying everywhere, and you can burn fields of grass down, and all this kind of stuff. Like it has loads of little tweaks in it that were really cool. Um, but I think in general it was just a hard game to play as as it was intended to be played. Um, yeah, it, good fun, but yeah, that's that's about as far as I go. And can I just say that Epona is weird in it. You can get Epona is in Epona that game. in it. Yeah. You get a pona in that oh, game. Wow. So seeing like four links riding a pona jumping over fences, and it's like a cartoon pona. Like, oh, it's weird. It's really weird. Oh man, I'm gonna have to look this up. Yeah, yeah, it's an odd one. But yeah. Um, so yeah, well, we place it because I wasn't really too sure because I haven't played it, but it kind of, I'm kind of just going based on its reception. So you can really take the lead on this one. Okay. Um, so is it better than Adventure of Link? Yeah. Is it better than Legend of Zelda? Yeah. Is it better than Oracle of Ages? I would say no. Yeah, see, this is where I put it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Um, fair. Yeah, I think that's fair. Game Boy Advance is Capcom's second entry into the Legend of Zelda series is yes, Minish Cap. The Minish Cap. The Minish Cap, a game I also only finished last year. I kind of went a bit of a Zelda rampage last year. Do you know what? I um, just went around finishing them all. You know when we went to France on a school trip? Yes. That's when I finished the Minish Cap. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, that's a nice time. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. Um, again, I mean, we'll go back to maybe Capcom here. They're good at making Zelda games. Yeah, um, yeah, it's got a really cool idea in that you can be shrunk down to miniature size. So there's some really cool ideas where you're a massive Link, well, normal size Link, but you can shrink down. And one of the one of the bosses is actually just a choo choo jelly, but yeah. because you're so small, it like takes up the whole screen, and you've got to try and batter. Yeah, it. so smart that I like that. Um, I mean, yeah, it's got. Decent dungeons. It's got cool items, actually. Is it not the first one where you get that fucking Hoover thing? Yeah, the gust jar. So, yeah, I feel like um, this was Capcom again. They were doing what they were doing what they did well the first time, but I feel like they kind of tweaked a few more things. So, yeah, the whole minish shrinking down thing um, was really cool. They went a bit more full with the story, I think. Yeah, I think Capcom got a bit more free reign. Yeah. on this after the job they did in Ages and Seasons. Yeah, because they obviously they added, like I said before, they f- this is where they fleshed out this, the backstory of Vati, and obviously the whole thing is to do with Link, Link's hat. Like they almost tried to tell their own origin story of where the hat came from. Yeah, I Ezlo, like that. Is it, actually, his name's Ezlo, isn't it? The the wizard yeah. that was turned into a hat, and he's a wee speaking bird hat guy. That's really cool as well. Um, and so yeah, this is this is this was them telling the story of. Vati, the the wind god guy, and um, yeah, they did it really well. I really enjoyed this game. Like you said, interesting items. So I don't know if it was called the Gust Jar, but 
that's what it kind of was. Um, and then you had the mitts as well, the claw mitt things. Oh, yeah, they were cool. That you I dug through them. the earth type stuff. Um, yeah, they did a great job. I mean, the side quests were done through those fucking stone things. I don't really remember what they're for. The kinstones. The kinstones, that's right. Yeah, that was that was odd. You traded kinstones with people. I'm not fully certain. I don't think I really delved into that too much, to be honest. Well, I did a bit, but it just kind of added some longevity to a game. They clearly, they clearly had their set objectives. They did the dungeons, which were quite cool. Yeah. And the dungeon at the end is the castle. Is that right? Uh, yes, yes, it is. Yeah. And that that's that's could be one of the highlights for any top-down Zelda game. It's really cool. Yeah. No, there is a good there is a good dungeon that. That also marks a kind of return for that Toon Link kind of style. Yeah, so they kind of went full on with, with that. Because, like, Oracle of Ages and Seasons, like I said, was kind of taken from the Link's Awakening aesthetic. Um, but at this point, in a post-Wind Waker world, they, they went full on, like, Four Swords as well. Like, the whole Four Swords aesthetic kind of took from the Toon Link type thing. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah, like, that was... That was a really good game. I really enjoyed that game. Um, yeah, I think it's great. I think it's yeah. I think they know what they're doing. And it's probably the highlight of the four sword. Like you, the whole thing. There's no master sword in these Vati related games. Um, yeah. And that it starts off. You get the Pakori blade. Like the Pakori were the wee people, and it, like you, you kind of turn it into the four sword, and that's what spawns the different links. And there's some puzzles in that you have to have like two links in order to push a bigger oh, boulder yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Um, so it's quite cool. It's really cool what they did with that. Yeah, it's a really good game. Yeah. Um, right, will we start placing it? Sure thing. So is it better than The Adventure of Link? Yes. Better than Legend of Zelda? Yes. Better than Four Swords? Yes. Is it better than Oracle of Ages and Seasons? I believe so. See, I've put no. <laughs> but again, that's just that's probably just personal preference. Um... I just think there was a bit more in Ages of Seasons, but again, this could be the whole Link's Awakening thing. Yeah, see, because I don't think it's as good as Link's Awakening, and I kind of prefer that kind of aesthetic and stuff. Do you know? I think I prefer the old school aesthetic yeah. as well. Like as far as graphically, I, I like. I've got a place in my heart for that, like old school Link look. Um, I mean, they're very close. They are close. I mean, I, I'd be happy for it to go above or below. Um, I just prefer Ages and Seasons. I think there's just a bit more to them. This is really funny, because this is Capcom, battling Capcom. Yeah, yeah, pretty well, because it's never going to be better than Link's Awakening, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, so, Oracle of Ages and Seasons or Minish Cap. See, I prefer the story of Minish Cap to the stories of Oracle of Ages and Seasons. Mm. Um, I... I think the mechanics are better in Ages and Seasons. Maybe, yeah. Um, I think, yeah, because I'm not... I mean, the whole shrinking thing's cool, but it's not my favourite part of that game, really. It's not. Yeah, um, yeah. Apart from that Chew Jelly boss fight, it's pretty good. Uh, Four Sword, I'm not too bothered about. So it's basically does it go above or below Oracle of Ages and Seasons? Okay, yeah. We'll put it below. Below, I'm happy to go with you on that. Cool. I mean, that's again one that's quite close. Yeah, like, it's it's yeah, it's nitpicking really. Well, let's move on to the next entry. Um, released simultaneously on the GameCube and the Wii as a launch title for the Wii Ooh. in 2006. It also received an HD re- 
makeover on the Wii U in 2016 is Nintendo's The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. So this is a funny one as well, because... Yeah, people... this is an interesting one, because this is the Zelda everyone wanted, but then don't doesn't really remember that fondly. Yeah, yeah, is interesting. It's, it's what people wanted. They wanted the dark return to realism, and they got the dark return to realism, essentially, but people don't really think of it that highly. I think it's really, really good. I, I really enjoy Twilight it. Princess is fantastic. Um... It's got probably, arguably, the best side character assistant. Midna. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I um, agree with that. Yeah, I think she's awesome. Midna is great. And I I enjoy... Do you know what? The one thing I don't really, I guess, care too much for is the whole wolf thing. No. And I we, we spoke about this, actually, before Twilight Princess came out, or while we were playing it. Yeah. You wanted this to be a pure Zelda experience, and the wolf kind of taints that a wee bit. So, in in the same way that I mentioned with Ocarina earlier, that there's this unexplainable symmetry that Ocarina has, I feel like Twilight could have had that if it wasn't for little things like the whole wolf transformation stuff. And I don't mean that it necessarily takes away from the game, but it's just not, it doesn't do anything for me. And the opening tutorial is so bloody long. It is a bit long, isn't it? Oh, Christ. Yeah. And trying to do that fishing thing on the Wii made no sense. Yeah, <laughs> uh, a lot of people have struggled to, to figure out what they're supposed to do in that first section, which is a real pain on the plus, in the ass. On the plus side, some of the Twilight Princess dungeons are awesome. Yes. I mean, there's the one where you've got the iron boots and you're walking on the magnets, like on the side of the walls. Yeah, they go around mines or caverns or whatever they're called. Um, but... But this, going back to boss keys, this also suffers from Wind Waker's Very straightforward, yeah. They're actually very linear. Yeah. See, we've been enlightened, I think, recently from watching oh, Game he's of Two Like He's absolutely so good. It's, it's, it's totally eye-opening. Like, when you watch them and I was like, oh my god, like, I didn't actually notice this at the time. <laughs> it made it an easier yeah. game for me. Like so, Nintendo tricked me. Yeah, I feel tricked. But, I mean, as far as the design goes, yeah, I really enjoy... Let me think of the, what we've got. I really enjoyed those caverns, those mines. I, I like that dungeon. Um, forest is I really fine. like the Twilight dungeon. See, yeah, I was going to say Twilight. The whole Twilight realm thing is really cool. Uh, and their water temple's really cool, where you've got the Zora suit on. Yes. Um, um, and then you've got this rotating staircase that affects the whole that's pretty dungeon. Good. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, and let's not forget the... The dungeon that's not really a dungeon. You kind of go up in this guy's kind of big mansion... And he needs oh, ingredients yes. for soup to make his wife feel better. That is hilarious. So you're just storming around his his fucked up mansion because it's like all frozen with enemies and things. Yeah, see, solving crazy puzzles just to give him the goat cheese and things. Oh, to make a it's soup actually for his amazing. Wife. Like I, it's not it's not necessarily one of my favorite dungeons, but the the story of it is like yeah, you're basically it's, it's you're amazing. helping the yeti. Like there's these two, there's this yeti couple, and like you're in their mansion and stuff. It's so funny, like. Um, it's that's so cool. I wish there was more of that. Um, so I think at this point you're looking for a mirror so you can go to the Twilight Realm. Yeah. And like, oh, the mirror was taken by this evil thing from Ganon and this by Ganon and and then. But this one is like this woman just found it and it's kind of turned her made oh, her a she's, bit sick. She's gone full golem on it. Yeah. Um, so the husband's just trying to make her feel better by making soup. So it's it's just it's clever. It's really yeah, smart. That is that is great. That is yeah. Um, and I think um, one other th- one thing I would uh, really enjoy about Twilight is I quite enjoy the bosses. Yeah, they're really all um, oh, the fucking spinner boss, your Beyblader and oh man, walls so and stuff. The music in that bit as well. It's the theme. Is it Volvagius theme? 
Um, I think it's a twist on that, yeah. I can't quite remember, but whatever it was, when I was first doing that boss fight for the first time and that song came on, I was like, oh, I'm in my element now, this is it, he's going down. <laughs> yeah. um, so that's like that big floating Star-Lord head thing, and then you've got the the sky. Well, that's one thing that's really weird about Twilight, actually, story-wise, is the Uku. Like, I do not understand. They basically tried to say that the goddess has created the Uku, and then the Uku created the Hylians. Yeah, and that's when that's I was a bit been... like, right, shut up, I'm going to forget about that. That's a bit stupid. Um, but yeah, going back to the the Sky Temple thing, um, the boss fight on that when you've got the double claw shot and you're fighting oh, the yeah, and you're flying through the air. Oh yeah, it's so good. And there's like stormy and weather and stuff. That's really cool. That one as well. There's this amazing moment where you hook onto its tail. Yeah, and then you're like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? So you put on the iron boots and you go crashing down, drag him down to the bottom. Oh, oh so that is really good. cool as well. And, um, and then also I'm thinking about the Temple of Time. Yes, yes, Temple of Time. So the temp- what game? Temple of Time, what game? Like, um, I, I love the whole lead-up to it. You've got to follow through the Sacred Grove, um, and then you have to do that wee puzzle with the Guardians in order to open the gates, and like it's like you walk into the past, the Temple of Time in the past. It's really cool. And um, yeah. again, I can't forget Zant. I really like Zant. I think he's a madman. Yeah, he's a cool side villain. So we've talked a lot about what like Twilight Princess does right. Let's some of the things that maybe people don't like so much is that it does lot lack a wee bit of the charm that we were getting used to seeing from Wind Waker. Yeah, and like Minish Cap and stuff. It just it felt a bit non Nintendo, if that makes sense. Like it didn't. It felt like we were, they were just feeding the fans what they wanted. Yeah, it almost felt and a bit Hollywood, felt, didn't it? Like kind of. Yeah dark movie type thing um, in the characters that you meet as well it was very I don't know it was alright like I didn't mind that as much but I know what I know what people are meaning when they say that um, yeah will we see where this goes in the list then well before we do it I just wanted to mention as well endings <laughs> yes um, got a good ending so Twilight Princess um, what's the, what is it again so you basically you get there you fight Puppet Zelda you fight Beast Ganon, you fight Ganon on horseback, and yep. then you have then a one-on-one, like, Dark Lord Ganondorf. See, I think it's just one phase too long. Yes, yeah, me too. Um, do you know what, though? But... Like, if you removed the wolf, you almost would. Like, if you took the wolf out of Twilight Princess, you wouldn't have that yeah. part where you have to fight Beast Ganon as Wolf Link. And... and I think it would have been cool doing Beast Ganon on horseback, and then he like he just goes back down to like a humanoid form, and he's all fucked, and that's when you fight him. Yeah, maybe that would have been cool, yeah. Um, do you know what, but though? Like, another great ending. I was going to say, recently when I played the HD version, so like the horseback bit of the fight was a ball ache. Yeah, like, it's shy, I don't it? remember it being as difficult as it was when I did it recently, but it was... Like, basically, I was going towards him, and he would turn and hit me in a really awkward way, and I just couldn't... It just wasn't working. Like, I just couldn't do what I was supposed to do, and I was like, this is really infuriating me now. So it kind of ruined it a wee bit the last time I played it, but... I don't like the horseback bit. It's a shame. Yeah, it's a bit... It should have been cool, though. I feel like it should have been really cool, and it wasn't. Um, yeah. But, never mind. Um, I think that's everything worth covering in uh, Twilight, anyway. Okay. So, is it better than Adventure of Link? Yes. Is it better than Zelda 1? Yes. Is it better than Zelda Four Swords Adventure? Yes. Is it better than Minish Cap? Yes. Is it better than Oracle Ages and Seasons? Yes. Is it better than Link's Awakening? 
No. Do you want to know my answer? No. Yeah, I said no as well. Right, good. I, I was, don't know what, I was looking at my list there because I was like, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't say that. And then I couldn't find where I put Twilight Princess. But no, it, no, I don't think it is. No. And it's really interesting as well because I thought Link's Awakening might be a stump. Could have easily been one of those stumbling blocks for us. Yeah. But I, I agree, I think. I think. I think it's a terrific game, but it just shows the quality of Zelda in that it's not quite as good as Link's Awakening, Majora's Mask, Link to the Past, Wind Waker, or Ocarina. You know, it's well. Do you know what this it, is? This is where it gets interesting again because I guess I might as well say this because it might shock you a wee bit, but I've put it higher than a Link to the Past for me. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. So, like Twilight <laughs> Princess, it's not better than Link's Awakening um, and Wind Waker. Or Majora's Mask, but it's better than A Link to the Past. That's it's not. Though. That's how I've done it. <laughs> it's not though. <laughs> yeah, I would probably, I would probably easily have conceded with you on that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's what I'm looking at my list just now, and it's like it just shows you how fucked my list's become. Yeah, yeah, it's good though. I like it. Yeah, mine's gotten a bit messed up as well. Of handheld entries, um, the first one releasing on the DS in 2007 is Phantom Hourglass. Yeah. Now I remember Phantom Hourglass quite fondly. Do you know what? Right. To see, like speaking of these two DS games, people don't will we, like will them. We, will we bring them both in? We'll um, talk about them both because they're quite similar. Okay, we'll talk about them both and then we can place them separately. Um, so in 2009, also saw the release of Spirit Tracks. Yeah. Now. I really, really don't like Spirit Tracks. Oh, that's interesting. I think it's fucking... I think it's shite. Do I mean, you? I think it's one of the worst Zelda games. Yeah. Oh my god, how? Really Why, don't. I suppose? Or actually... I just... Yeah. Well, let's, let's do Phantom Hourglass right, we'll first. Right, we'll come back to that. Because like, it's weird that I like one and not another. Right, okay. Um, yeah. So Phantom Hourglass... Touchscreen controls, I was really sceptical. I think we had a big argument in school about... You're like, we haven't used them, so how do you know? <laughs> Um, and to be fair, you were right. I, you know, takes a big man to admit when he's wrong. <laughs> I like the touchscreen controls. I think, I think, it came for some quite interesting puzzles where you can actually draw the boomerang. Yeah. Um, and also, you're back to open world boat, so you can actually draw your path with the boat and then t- turn and shoot things. And mm-hmm. I just thought it was quite interesting, and I think they did it well. I d- yeah, I agree. I think they did. They obviously came up with the design of it all. And I think they did it really, really well. I think they translated this kind of tra- like traversing the sea type thing with the islands from Wind Waker, obviously. Like, I think they translated that really well for a DS. Mm, yeah, I agree. And being on the DS with the two screens, it came up with one of the best puzzles where yes. you have this... Is it a rock or something? And you have to actually close so, the DS. So what it is is like... And then open it again. I have fond memories of doing this puzzle. I was in America at the time. I bought Phantom Hourglass over there before it came out in uh, the UK. And um, I just remember chilling in the villa, like playing on my DS. And I'd got fairly far. And I, if I remember correctly, it's the third... You basically have to take down on your map where the location of one of the stones is or something, one of the orbs... And the third one, you get to this point and there's a map on the top screen that shows you where it is and you've got your map on the bottom screen. 
and it's something like it's backwards or something it's something weird about it anyway and I was like I don't know I have a clue what to do here I'm so so like confused I just can't for the life of me figure this one out like what am I supposed to do here so I was there for ages fiddling about and I was like nah okay I'm gonna have to take a break um, I'll maybe go jump in the pool or something or go out in the sun like I probably should be doing and uh, yeah so I just closed over my DS like clasp and as soon as I did it I was like hang on a minute and I opened it up again and it had imprinted on the bottom screen and I was oh, like so oh, good. that is honestly one of my favourite puzzles out of all of them all the games like that was so genius I really that just oh, I just had to smile at that yeah I love it Um well, maybe talking about probably the most controversial part of it is you do have to keep returning to this one temple in Phantom Hourglass. Yeah. Which is annoying because there's stealth moments, you got to hide, it's not very fun. But I actually didn't mind it too much because as you get more items, you can progress through the, the temple much quicker. Yeah, yeah. That's the kind of the point of it, isn't it? Yeah, so although I don't think it's a very good piece of game design, it didn't bother me as much as perhaps others. Yeah, no, I, I'm the same as you. I, I really don't... It's one of those things that I played at the time, and it probably wasn't until afterwards that I started seeing what people thought of it later on, and when people look back on and make comments on the game, and they were like, oh, that Temple of the Ocean King was dreadful, and I'm like, I don't remember thinking it was dreadful at the time, but... um, I remember thinking it was a bit of a pain. I think sometimes I got a bit pissed off with the stealth parts, but overall, it's not... It wasn't make or break for me. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm the same. I really I thought it was all right. I thought it was an interesting idea. It was different, um, almost cool in a way. I suppose what they'd done. It was a challenge. Um, yeah. But the rest of the game, I thought was pretty great. I, I I enjoyed it. What I don't really think too much. Like you mentioned the drawing the boat and stuff. I feel like that was all right. It wasn't great. I didn't think it. It wasn't. Oh, it wasn't brilliant. It didn't blow it me wasn't... away or anything. It was fine. Um, nothing spectacular. But um, and like visiting the wee islands and stuff, ugh, it was. I thought it was a really charming world. Like it was a really well made game and things. Yeah. And speaking of the controls, people. I remember people arguing, saying, "Well, why can't we have the option?" And I'm like, but "That totally defeats the point. You've got mechanics in this game that require you to draw on the screen. Like it just really wouldn't work. I don't think you'd have to, especially on the DS, which only had a D pad." Like, yeah. if you wanted to draw on a screen, then yeah, I guess you could press a button and direct where you want things to go, but that's just awful. Like, from the, and It would have defeated the point, and I was one of those people, I, I was just like, I want the option. Yeah. But it makes sense when you play it. Yeah, I feel like you really do have to experience it, and just, you'll get the controls within seconds. Like, you'll understand what you need to do. And yep. it's really intuitive, so I, I thought it was pretty good for that. I enjoyed that game. Um, yeah, me too. Well, we place it then, and then talk about Spirit Tracks. Yeah, sure. We'll might as well place it. So, now. is it better than Adventure of Link? Yes. Better than Zelda? Yes. Is it better than Four Swords? Yes. Is it better than Minish Cap? Uh, I've said no. I said no as well. Yeah, cool. I mean, it's it's fine. It's it's good. It's not. I think Minish Cap's. I think that what's above it is much better. Here's another curveball for you. Um, what? On my list. You didn't put. You didn't put you didn't put above Link to the Past, did you? No, no, no. Don't worry about that. <laughs> um, but it did come above Oracle of Ages and Seasons for me originally. Oh wow! Oh, that's interesting. So it kind of, my list kind of went: Ages and Seasons, Phantom Hourglass, Minish Cap. Ah. So there you go. There you go.
let's get on to Spirit Tracks then. Yeah. Because I really, this really is like gonna, this game. This is going to fuck everything up. Right, so my issue here obviously isn't touchscreen controls or going back to the same tempo because I can forgive them in Phantom Hourglass. Yeah. I hate the train. Like, I actually hate the train. Right, okay, so... Is, so, uh, the reason I don't like it is it's so slow and I don't find exploding on the train fun because you're stuck to certain tracks. And I also find the pacing of the game really, really dull. I don't find... I think getting to the temples were really good. I thought the temples and the bosses were really fun. Uh-huh. But actually getting to them just felt like such a drag to me. And right. I really, really didn't enjoy it. So it's And hard. even in the end, in the end there's a bit where you have to like... You've got to get all these trains... You have to like attack these trains. Remember that in the yeah. end boss. I do remember I hated that. Hated like, that. I absolutely hated that. If anything, I can agree with the the bomb train things on the tracks were just a bit too annoying. Um, I can see that they were supposed to be a little challenge or something, but I didn't really. I guess I can agree with that. Like I didn't really feel for them. But so it just <sighs> the pacing in general just really really bothered me. I just found it way too slow. See, maybe it's um, too long since I've played it, but I I don't. Really, I don't ever recall feeling that when I played it. Um, See, this is another one. I keep saying I played all these Zelda games last year. It was actually 2015. But I played like Spirit Tracks, um, Minish Cap, Oracle of Ages, um, Skyward Sword. I played them all within like a few months of each other. Oh, right, yeah. Um, And I just, I hated Spirit Tracks. I really, really just don't like it. See, I guess it's probably, again, it's probably fresher in your head then. But I I felt like Spirit Tracks was a... It's different again in that it's not the same. See, when I said in Phantom Hourglass, I didn't really feel for the boat. I thought the train was fine. I thought it was kind of fun in places even. Um, but it's more to do with, I think, the world. I enjoyed the characters and the wee places that you went in Spirit Tracks. They sidetracked the whole central dungeon thing as well because you didn't have to do the floors you did before. Yeah, um, yeah, I think that was smart. But um, um, the one thing I guess that I don't know if you can see this coming or not, but the pan pipes. Yeah, I knew you were going to talk about the pan pipes. <laughs> yeah, see, the music aspect is a really big thing for me, and it's something that really sticks with me when it doesn't have it in a Zelda game. But the pan pipes, I loved being able to play a musical instrument again. It really was a big thing for me, and um, I guess though one funny story to tell is that. The finale of the game, I played in the back seat of a car when we were travelling somewhere. I can't remember where we were going, but we were travelling somewhere, and I was at the end of the game, and I was playing it. And there's a bit at the end of the game where you have to play the final song with Zelda. Like, she sings alongside you. It's like, yeah. it's really, really cool. Um, it's really epic, but... It must have been hard to do in the car, oh, was it? I was in the car, and the ambient noise, just of the car... <laughs> <laughs> It was like, it must have, you can imagine like this really big finale and Zelda's like, come on Link. And then she starts singing and Link's like, can't play my palm pipe for shit. Like all over the place. And I was like, oh my God, I can't do this. But I'm guessing it, I'm guessing it just lets you off because somehow I didn't fail it or anything. I'm pretty sure I failed that a couple of times and I was just sitting at home. (laughs) Oh, did you? (laughs) Well, maybe it does then because somehow I managed to do it in the back of the car. Um, but he was all over the think, place, so it was quite funny. Yeah, I I do get the pan flute thing, and I do get the fact they made the middle temple better. Better, it's just Zelda's about exploring, 
and I found exploring in this game, which is about 70% of it, because there's not many dungeons, yeah. I just found it all such a drag on that train. Like, you're fucking whizzing past things, and having to reverse, you've got fucking boars bashing into you. I just, I just really didn't like it. Like, yeah, I can get the, the whole reversal and niggly kind of try to get your train into somewhere. It um, just, for me, it's like Zelda's are about exploring, and exploring just felt like a pain in the arse in this game which yeah. is annoying because I did I remember playing the temples being like oh this was fun like I like the touchscreen controls this was quite creative just I just think I just think it deserves I just, enjoy. Um, I just think it deserves a bit of credit for being out there again for just being different and yeah for not, I guess not so for what people I get expected that. but um, one thing I guess again that I would like to mention that really just didn't I wasn't fussed on again was the whole Zelda in the armour thing it gave some cool puzzles but it wasn't it didn't yeah. do anything incredible for me yeah um, yeah but no yeah it's got that little kind of it's got that cool quadrant thing where there's themed temples and I enjoy all of that um, but I guess I'm probably going to have to let this one go as well well there might be a bit of conceding here because I'm, I'm maybe being a bit harsh but let's, let's, uh, see, let's see where it goes, it goes. Yeah. so is it better than the adventure of Link um, yeah is it better than Legend of Zelda yeah yeah, see, I said no. <laughs> oh wow, okay. But I'll concede there. I think like, I, I was really in like a bad mood. I mean, to be to be honest, like I can see why some people would like. It's just it's that thing where the games are just totally different. Yeah. So, is it better than Four Swords Adventure? I would say yes. Okay, I'll concede there as well. Is it better than Phantom Hourglass? You're gonna say yes, aren't you? Well, I've said yes, but I'm trying to think what. I've said no because yeah. obviously it's like way way down my list yeah. um, what comes I after really, Phantom Hourglass for you then Minish Cap because I enjoyed it than both of them but it depends where I suppose your list has all gone a bit crazy now hasn't it yeah it depends where we're going to meet halfway on this one <laughs> well I've conceded a few yeah Um. I just don't think it's better than Phantom Hourglass I think that's what it, when you actually and I don't think it's better than Minish Cap Right, you know what? It's fine. Stick it under Phantom Hourglass because that puzzle alone yeah. where you close the DS has me. It's, I love that. I think they're, to be honest, they're probably the same. I think if you had a I think they probably are. Both, yeah. Um, I just, it's the bulk of the game pissed me off, basically. <laughs> Let's move on to, now we're big apologists of this next game. It released on the Wii in 2011 with Wii Motion Plus controls. It was the first and only Zelda, I guess, to do so. It is The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. Yes. Now, interestingly, talking about Boss Keys, his video for Skyward Sword just came out and he hated Skyward Sword. Like he said, he just genuinely does not like this game. Yeah. I do like it. I think people are too hard on it, and I think it's a really good game. I think Skyward Sword is a really difficult one to pin down, because yep. it's um, there's a lot of factors that basically determine whether people like it or not, and sadly, one of them is the controls. Um, I remember at the time, like, got it on launch, and there was a load of us playing it, basically, and I played it, and from start to finish, I don't think I had one issue with my controls going funny. 
Like I just did yeah. not. I was I was clearly lucky, and I know that now because I know a lot of people that did, and uh, even close friends. Just they they had problems, and we even figured out it was because the Wii remote was having issues with the sensor bar and the sun coming in the window beside it. Like oh my God. it's just it's mad, and that I'm. It's a shame that that has affected people so greatly. Um. But I had no problems at all, so this doesn't affect me at all, and it really doesn't have any impact on how much I, I like Skyward Sword. But yeah, so I'll, I'll talk about the issues I have with Skyward Sword. Yeah, yeah, okay. The usual ones are the backtracking. Yeah, uh, there's only like four areas, and although they do change, I, and I like that part, there's parts of the game you're just a bit like, this just feels like filler. Come on, let's move it along. Yeah. Um, and there's also one particular boss you have to fight four times. And I just got fucking fed up of it. I got so fed up of it towards the end. Um, yeah, so... But, but that aside, I really like the controls. Yeah, I thought there's it was a really couple, cool. There's a couple of outstanding moments. There's one... There's a bit where you get these orbs that, like, alter time. So it'll show you time in the past. In oh, this kind yes. Of ring, yeah. And you attach it to a boat. Well, you see all this de- this desert and a boat. So you put it on the boat and it brings back all the sea. Oh, and you're that's insane! St- oh, it, that bit is just terrific. It really, yeah, that really is a highlight. Like that is so genius. The whole, the great sand sea, I think it's called, and then just by making it, forcing it to go into the past, it all reverts to water. Like, ah, oh, it's brilliant. And with that, the dungeon design was actually quite creative. Although you had feet or thigh, um telling you everything to do, there was some really interesting, you know, dungeon design in Skyward Sword, like different rooms connecting with others and a central piece affecting the whole temple. I think so, there's a lot there to really like. So this will probably be fresh in your head. Well, you didn't play that long ago either, but um, I really, I like, I really like most of the design of the, du- most of the dungeons in Skyward Sword, especially the Ancient Cistern. It's one of my favourites. Like, yeah, I've always great. thought that since I played it and the boss and everything I really enjoyed. Um, yeah. And, uh, I think for me, Skyward, like I didn't have as big an issue with Fi as other people did either, because I'm this whole thing. People go on about Navi, but I just press A until it's gone. I don't. It doesn't kill me. Yeah, but Navi's not as intrusive as Fi. But again, it's just Fi going, blah 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 blah, and then I say okay, fine, and then carry on. Like yeah, I know. I I I understand. Doesn't affect me. Yeah, it doesn't affect me as much as the internet seems to think it affects them. But I mean. So I don't even think about that kind of stuff. It doesn't bother me as much. I just let it go. Uh, Fi, I thought... I f- and even to a point, I thought Fi's story was really cool. And there's a bit yeah. in the game... There's a couple of bits in this game. So, sad highlight of the game. Uh, there's the bit where Zelda is in the crystal and she says... Oh, God. She's, like, she, she asks if you'll come back for her kind of thing. She's like, oh, sleepyhead. Blah, blah, blah. Will you promise to wake me up or whatever it is? And like, there's three options. And... I think one of them's like I think they basically all say yes or something but the top one is just I promise and you're like yeah. oh it's oh. so sad um, but coming back to the Fi thing another the other point that I thought was really sad is when when you're saying goodbye at the very end and Fi's going back within the sword and then Link just kind of like because obviously you can see in Link's expression that he feels like he's made a companion and like yeah. Fi just fucks off back into the sword because she's just a like an AI almost. And but then there is hints of that, but in then Breath of the Wild. Oh yeah, that's that's another thing like that's really really cool. But um, 
basically like he turns away and starts walking away and then Fi comes out and she's like oh I don't know what this is but I feel like I need to say something and she basically says thank you and you're like oh and then she says like she'll be there like wherever she whatever like for eternity or whatever within the sword and the thing that Skyward Sword did was it changed like every game retrospectively because now you think to yourself wow like she's been there all along like she yeah, is the sword yeah. kind of thing and that's just oh, it blows your mind and it's really really cool but um, I think sorry oh, no, so I was going to say I was just going to address the issues that you you were mentioned in there about um, the backtracking so one thing the very first temple did the first temple it was fine when you come to do the backtracking on it that is the single most annoying thing I felt <laughs> in this game like in the entirety of this game the one thing I hate the most is the fir- doing the first temple again because whereas the next two areas have really creative ways of getting you back, the first one just locks all the doors again. Like, enemies have taken over the temple. So you have to go and find a key to unlock the exact same doors that you unlocked earlier in the oh, game. Fuck it, yeah, like, it's bad. That is it? bad. Like, I really did not like that. It actually pissed me off when I turned it off. But that's the one thing that pissed me off, I think. Maybe I'm just like really easy going about it all, but I actually enjoyed revisiting The Imprisoned and doing those fights because every time it, it reminds me of Ava like Evangelion like because every time you go back it's like this thing's breaking out and you're struggling and like it might just be the way that I was able to have those encounters because it always got to like the last second before I was able to defeat it and it never once did I fail the fight but it got really close to me failing it so I think just in the fact that every time I did those fights it was really like I was really like the adrenaline was going and it really added to the experience and I didn't mind it at all ah it just annoyed me to be honest it just annoyed me that kind of fighting the imprisoned so many times yeah but something I would say is Giri him as a as a villain is yes. fucking cool so yes yeah, so really really he's, cool. he's really and good then, one. I like that and then we'll talk about the ending as well I mean the ending one of the best ending fights yeah yeah again yeah one of the best it's up there with Wind Waker and Ocarina and then the last thing I want to talk about is there is a windfish. There is. Um, there is a um, but the, the, the music. Yeah, but the music is so underrated in Skyward Sword. Yes. Yeah, so this is an issue I have. I don't think people have really given enough time to the the, th- the soundtrack of Skyward, um, because there's some really really good songs in there, and obviously there's the the main theme, which uh, a stroke of genius at the time was Zelda's Lullaby backwards. And uh, yes. that was that's honestly one of the greatest things ever. But there is like if you go back and listen to the soundtrack, there's some really good things. And Fi's is it Fi's goodbye or something? Fi's something is one of my favourite songs in in all of Zelda. Um, and speaking, staying on track with the music, it does have a music element. The game when you get the harp. Um, oh yeah, but yeah. it's not quite anything. No, it's not quite there. You basically just stroke your remote back and forth. <laughs> Um, it really doesn't achieve that element of musicality that I love in the games so I was a bit disappointed with that as well I suppose well we are nearly coming up for two hours yeah I totally didn't read this one correctly but (laughs) so let's we're done apologising for Skyward Sword yeah let's uh, let's place it so is it better than Adventure of Link yes is it better than Legend of Zelda yes is it better than Four Swords Adventure yes is it better than Spirit Tracks yes is it better than Phantom Hourglass? Yes. Is it better than Minish Cap? Yes. Is it better than Oracle of Ages and Seasons? Yes. Is it better than Twilight Princess? Yes. 
I put no. Oh, did you put no? Yeah, I think I, I really like Skyward Sword, but it's, I just don't think it's as good a game. Oh, okay. That's interesting. I think, I think that the keystrokes for Skyward for me are the story. It is a very story-heavy game. Yeah, I just think with the backtracking, and I know we don't, Fi didn't really bother us, but I just don't... Yeah, I'm not too sure. Did you, did you think it was better than Link's Awakening? Um, I did, actually. Oh wow! See, this this is what this is what this is what um, I come to uh, like. At the time, this is the game I was basically referring to earlier. At the time of playing Skyward Sword, I was so high on it that I like it was top of my list. I really really like that game. Um, It's maybe hard to defend it now, looking back on some things. But um, so I guess like the negatives would be for me that it's it's a bit bare. The overworld thing, like flying in the sky, is a bit empty and. There's only three areas and all that kind of stuff. But I really... I was blown away by the story and the characters. So, like, Girahim is really cool. Um, the the way they transform the world. So, I guess it's a double-edged sword because, like you mentioned, the Sand Sea. You come back and you can do the Sand Sea stuff. The other bit that you returned to was the forest. Um, the Farron yeah, Woods. And it's flooded. And I thought that... Whereas before you've run around on your feet at the bottom of this place, you basically were given a whole other dimension. Like you could f- swim to the very top of this woods, and I was like, "This is insane." Um, stuff like that just kind of blew me away. I know, I know. But for me, just when you actually look at it as a full game, so much of it is padded, and like there is a lot of padding lot. in it. Yeah, um, I just don't think it's as a clean experience as Twilight Princess. Um, yeah. I guess I can't believe you. Th- I can't believe you. I thought Link's Awakening would be much higher on your list. Well, this is this is what I'm talking about. It's difficult when you actually lay it out yourself. Yeah, yeah. And I just feel like it's and it, again, it's because of the format. Skyward Sword is a console game on a big TV, and and they're swinging away with my sword. And Link's Awakening was a more personal little handheld adventure, and it's it just. This is why these kind of lists don't really work. It's nostalgia, yeah. yeah. It's nostalgia. Yeah, these, these back into things it. don't really work. But um, we're doing our damn best to <laughs> make a list for the sake of it. So, uh, yeah, it's um, basically Skyward Sword has beat Wind Waker as well. Wind Waker, Link's Awakening, and Twilight what? for me. I really right, enjoyed it. You're fired. You're fired. I Get really you. enjoyed it, but um, <laughs> it's, it's not that good. But I'm, I'm happy not. to. I'm definitely happy to put it below Wind Waker. Absolutely. This is what I was talking about, by the way. Like my list's pretty interchangeable at the top here. Um, it's not better than Majora's Mask either. I know it's not. I suppose your Majora's Mask would be high. Ha ha! See, I've got it below Majora's Mask on my list. You prefer Twilight over it, so. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I could, I, I could, yeah, I can concede with Twilight. I guess I, I could probably concede with Link's Awakening as well. But not Wind Waker. Um, no, nowhere. No, okay, I'm no happy way. with that then, if you want. Because um, remember, we've got Majora's and A Link to the Past. Right, do you want to put it in under Link's Awakening? Yeah. Are you happy with that? That's midway? Yeah. And so we're midway. Because like yeah. I said, I love Wind Waker, I love Link's Awakening, and I love Skyward Sword. It's kind of not a big deal for me to have those ones above it, if you know what I mean. It's, I, I can't believe you think Skyward's better than Wind Waker. That's madness. I do. I really like Skyward Sword. Like you say, the soundtrack, the story, there's big things in there that play on me. Yeah, but there's so many big things that are so shite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, well, we've placed it. Let's, uh, let's never speak of that again. <laughs> <laughs>
this next game came out on the 3DS in 2013. We'll need to try and batter through these a wee bit quicker. <laughs> um, it re- returns to the Hyrule of A Link to the Past because it yes. is A Link Between Worlds. Mm-hmm. Now, I love this game. I think it's absolutely terrific. And pro- nostalgia probably plays a wee part going back to this world. Yeah. But the idea that you can do temples in any order because you're renting items rather than finding them in dungeons, I think is just so cool. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's cool. So my thing with, with the item thing is that it's cool, but I really miss... I really do miss having these things tied to certain places and yeah, having a purpose. That. Having a purpose. I think this was a. I think this was a real great experiment for changing up. Yeah. the Zelda formula, um, and actually, there, there's also a unique ability you get where you can turn into a painting and stick onto walls. So that's genius. Yeah, that's really really cool. And it's. I thought it was going to be really gimmicky, but Nintendo be Nintendo. It's used so brilliantly. Um, there's a, there's this great boss that the way you beat him is you like stick onto his shield. Yes, that's so good in the thief side. And he's like, oh, it's so cool. Yeah, that's brilliant. I do like that. Um, and I think I think the world's really dense. Like, there's a lot to find and a lot to discover, and it's really enjoyable to play and kind of go through the world and the dungeons. Yeah, no, it is, it's a, it's a, it's pretty blissful as far as the game goes. One of the other aspects, one of the other uses of the the wall thing that I really liked was when you had to get the Pegasus boots. Yes, like so that kind of that actually stumped me for a wee bit. I didn't know how to get them. I think, um, I think it's top down Zelda at its best. To be honest, yeah, I, yeah. I really think it's outstanding. I think I, I agree think they with did you a there. great job with it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I, I don't know. Is there a huge amount else to say? Obviously, Ganon's not there, but you have the upside down world. The story's actually a bit, bit sinister when you think about it. Um, like the idea that this girl's trying to capture your world. It's you know, cool. She, low, yeah, low rules dying, but so she's trying to take over high rules. It is cool. I can't say I didn't see the twist coming or anything, but it is really, really no, cool. No, no, no. I just thought it was um, quite nice. The whole Ravio thing is quite funny as well. I think my issue, if anything, my issue is that I don't know if I'm all that fussed for the weapon rental thing to come back because me, I really enjoy like the the stories in these games. Although Zelda isn't really, most of the time it isn't story heavy. Um, the stories do have a lasting impression on me. Like I really like a story in a game, and I guess that's probably why Skyward was was so high up to me. But. Um, the thing, the whole thing with the weapon rental is it kind of removes that kind of, I don't know, it yeah, adds this I, thing of buying stuff from a guy, if you know what I mean. It, it, that just doesn't sit with the story-wise to me, but yeah, the but mechanically at the same it's time, cool, it, but It gives you back the freedom that Well, that's, that's what it is. That's a different thing in that it's, it's the trade-off. Like, the way they've been able to do this and have the world open is that you choose what weapon you want, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. So that's the trade-off for it. Um, but apart from that, I mean, the other thing I was stumped on, um, apart from your man with the boots and coming off the wall and that, but the other thing that actually stumped me was uh, the last fight, surprisingly enough. Um, oh. I didn't... It took me ages, like, actually, it took me ages to figure out what you had to do um, at Beast, like, Beast Yuga fight. Um, you know how you finish him off by shooting the... Light arrow, yeah, around the room, yeah. Like I, I couldn't figure that one out for some reason. Oh, it's so cool. Yeah, it's so so cool, and I love that when 
Because I think the problem is these days, you play a Zelda game and I rarely have an issue with any of the puzzles. Um, yeah. Because you've probably done most of them before. Like like the two of us and any Zelda fans probably pretty well versed in the Zelda puzzles. So something like that in the finale of the game, I was like, I don't know what to do. Because it's actually something you've never done before. Like shooting an arrow backwards so that the circular room, like it follows him round and comes into his back. That's genius. That's so good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was a big fan of that mechanic. Um Maybe a wee bit sad that because it's a, a kind of a sequel to A Link to the Past, that when A Link to the Past you could just warp the world with the use of an item, you couldn't do that in this one because it was all sectioned no. off. Um, no, that's true. But then one thing, again, that I would like to mention is that this is another totally underrated soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, totally agree. A Link Between Worlds has a brilliant soundtrack. I've got the CD in the car. <laughs> And I think something as well is with A Link Between Worlds, I, I had a bit of a fear that going back to that world wouldn't feel the same, but it, it feels different. It somehow oh it yeah, feels it different. does. It feels totally new. Yeah. Like it's, it's weird. You see the places. You see the places. You see the buildings and you're like, oh, this is where this was or is or whatever. But it feels like a different world again. So, Well, talking about going back to the Thief's Hideout, it's, it's a room, effectively, yeah. in A Link to the Past, where it's a whole dungeon in this one. Yeah. Thief's Hideout. It's great. Yeah. Um, right, will we place it? Okay, go, let's go. So, it, better than Adventure of Link? Yeah. Better than Zelda? Yeah. Better than Four Swords? Yeah. Spirit Tracks? Yeah. Phantom Hourglass? Yeah. Minish Cat? Yes. Oracle of Ages Seasons? Yes. Twilight? Yes. Skyward? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, Link's Awakening? I've said no, but... Uh, I've actually put it above Link to the Past in my list. Ooh, so yours... Ooh, that's high up. That is, mine's really high up on mine, See, yeah. See, the funny right. thing is, because it is, again, it's above Link to the Past for me, because I prefer it to Link to the yeah. Past. Um, well, would you say it's better than Majora's? Uh, uh, no, for me. No? Will we put it between Majora's and Link's Awakening? Yeah, I'm happy with that. Yeah, okay. Sounds good. Okay, we're on to the second last game. (laughs) So, we're getting there. Now, this is actually another foray into multiplayer. Um, released in the 3DS in 2015, a game I actually haven't purchased, I will be quite honest, is Triforce Heroes. You know what, it's a bit of an anti-climax like, for the list. You haven't played it either? No, no, I have. I have played it. Um, I, I'll say this now, it, there is no other Zelda game that has infuriated me as much as Triforce Heroes. <laughs> oh, fuck, right. Do you not remember this? I was texting you about this. I was sitting in bed. Maybe this was when I was playing the demo, actually. Because um, I was sitting in bed one day and I was playing it and I actually turned it off and threw it away. Oh, because the people were so shit. Because basically the whole premise of Triforce Heroes is you team up with two other people and you tackle dungeons together. And you can all take different weapons or whatever, like you pick them up. Um, but oh, it's Well, it's the costume, isn't it? You have different costumes and stuff. But um, I was playing one one day and we were all having a crack at it together and there's basically a guy going around a minecart around the stage you have to throw a bomb into to defeat him 
Um, oh yeah, I, I, we did that at EGX, didn't we? Oh, maybe we did actually. Yeah, I think we maybe did. Um, so I was playing it with these two other people, and for some reason, this guy wanted to be the one to bomb him, and I was putting my bombs down to pick up, and every time I went to do it, he would push me off the stage. And I was like, okay, um, what are you doing? And so I kind of came back and then I was like, right, I'm going to try that again because I don't know why he did this. And then he came over and he was trying to throw a bomb in. I was like, right, I'll let him do it. And then he did one. And I was like, right, I'll do the second time. Started hitting me again and let my bomb explode. And like, I got hurt and stuff. And I was like, what are you And I was getting really, really angry with him. And I was like, this is awful. (laughs) I can't talk to this guy or do anything. And I was bashing on the wee emotes, being like, what are you doing? And then I started hitting him as well, because he was really, really riling me up. And I was like, this is ridiculous. And like he, Because what it is, the worst mechanic in it, right? And you need it for the gameplay sometimes. But the worst mechanic is the fact that people can just pick you up. And he was just picking me up and throwing me off the stage to stop me from doing it. And I was getting really, like, it's actually making me really angry thinking about it now. Like, oh my god. I was really, really annoyed and I had to just turn it off and calm down for a minute when I was doing that because it just drove Jesus. me wild. Um, so, yeah, so that's uh, Triforce Heroes. <laughs> it's basically, it's alright. It's nothing to write home about. It's quite cool. It's just and another multiplayer Zelda. Uh, yeah. And I think it's quite cool that you have the different costumes can give you different power-ups. But other than that, there's not too much to it. There's not a lot to it, really. It's It's cool, quite infuriating... They've got some unique little puzzles and stuff in there, but it's just because of the the build of the game, the way you can't really talk to these people. And I think you'd get a better job out of it if you had two friends with you there and you all played it together. It'd be good yeah, fun. But no, ain't, but ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for friends these days. We're all online, so <laughs> yeah. Oh, but well, I mean, shall we place it? That's that. So yeah, we can place that one. So Adventure of Link. Y- yep. Yeah, Zelda. I've got a yeah. I would say yes because it was kind of fun. Okay, I, I've not put it above Zelda, but it's fine. I'm not really. Um, Four Stars Adventure. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Because I think I did enjoy what worked. If you know what I mean. Um, and I think it's just it's just a modern experience compared to the original Zelda. I, the thing is, again, the original Zelda is great. Um, I guess it's yeah. just it's it's yeah it's just what it is. It's just aged. Yeah, and I just feel like Traverse Heroes is is kind of fun if you can get a good run at it. Now we come to the last and most recent Zelda game that came out just a couple of months ago. It has set the gaming world alight, being Oof. widely regarded as the greatest game ever made. It released on the Wii U and the Switch third uh, March 10th, I think it was, 2017. It is The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Yes. Now, just so you're aware, part two of our Zelda special is going to have an extensive chat on Breath of the Wild. Yeah. So we'll try and keep this short but sweet. Yeah, I was going to say, we try and avoid spoilers in this little part here then, I guess. Um, but 
what a game it is. Yeah. I mean, holy fuck. Um, it is just <laughs> sensational. It really is. It's... Um, oh, man, I think we've both had some pretty tremendous experience with it. Yeah. So, to really, to really talk about this briefly, it basically takes the original Legend of Zelda... There's open world exploration that you can go do whatever you want and brings it into the modern day with the biggest world Nintendo's ever made. It it looks stunning. It's got some of the most incredible puzzles. I mean, if you see a tree in the distance and you want to go walk up to that tree, you're probably going to find something there. It's, It's just amazing. And the idea that you can climb anything you want, use any item you want, it it's amazing. It's just sensational. I mean, there's like a couple of things that people would say that, that that are negatives, but I just really don't see any negatives in this game. I mean, yeah, I mean, you could talk about the weapon degradation. People talk about the weapon weapon degradation a lot, but I don't. I really, it hasn't affected my experience with it, to be honest. No, absolutely not. And um, the further you get in the game, the better items you get. I've got a ton of weapons that I interchange and keep, and I I don't know. I've never had any issue with that, and I just I can't. I guess we'll get more into it part two, but. The game is just... I've been playing it for upwards of 100 hours. Um, and I'm f- quite near just having done about everything in it, maybe. But um, there's just so much. There's so much there. And the main thing is, there's not a lot of direct story in it. But the story is your own. Like, the things that you do in that game that blow you away, um, it just makes it totally unique. And I think yeah. Nintendo have kind of... They've smashed it in a weird way. They've given people what they want, but not what they expected at the same time. Yeah, they exceeded themselves. Yeah, yeah, they really did, and it's it's such a good game. Like it's. Um... I think I think you talk about the story. The story gives you back whatever you put into it. Yes, and I think that's true for a lot of the game. Yeah, it's it's pretty you perfect wanna, in that regards. If you want to put in time climbing the tallest mountains, it will give you something back for that. If you want to put in time finding the story, it will give you a reward for that. It's pieced together just so unbelievably perfectly um, that I can't, I can't believe a game like this almost exists. Yeah. It's that, it is that good. Yeah, it's. Um... And I've been, I've been for so long. I've been so reserved about my praise for Breath of the Wild because I just needed, I needed time to be like, well, am I just involved in the hype? You know, you like you talk about Skyward Sword. You know, you, you know, you're talking so highly about it, but was that just part of a yeah, Zelda game yeah. hype? You know. Um, but I don't think it is. I think it's just. I think it is that good. The thing is, it's different as well. So the things I like. This is what's going to fucking cause problems for me in a minute. Is that the things that I really like about, that, say, Ocarina, aren't necessarily in Breath of the Wild. But no. on its own merits, it's done things that puts it up there for me anyway. Like so, it's it's really weird. So like I I I I've been sort of trying to battle like. Like something like a link between worlds. I prefer it's not linear, but it's a more narrative-driven experience. Yeah. Do I prefer that to this open-world free roaming? You know. Oh, so yeah. I, guess, I guess we're about to find out, are we? I don't know. To be honest, <laughs> I'm struggling here. Is um, it time to place it? Yeah, we'll try. Um, okay. Is it better than the Adventure of Link? Yeah. Is it better than Legend of Zelda? Yeah. Is it better than Triforce Heroes? No. <laughs> of course is it, it is. Is it better than Four Swords of Adventure? Yes. Is it better than Spirit Tracks? Yes. Is it better than Phantom Hourglass? Yes. Is it better than Minish Cap? Yep. Is it better than Oracle Ages and Seasons? Yep. Is it better than Twilight Princess? Yep. Is it better than Skyward Sword? Yeah. Is it better than Link's Awakening? Yeah. 
Is it better than Link Between Worlds? Yeah. Is it better than Majora's Mask? Yep. Is it better than A Link to the Past? Yep. Is it better than Wind Waker? Yes. Is it better than The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time? What do you think? <laughs> I've said yeah. Oh, I've said yeah. Do you know what? Do you know what? I've deliberately... Not placed it. <laughs> I've deliberately put them joint top so that we can try and figure this out together. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, fuck. Because right, I so don't know... I don't want to have a joint. Like, that's not a thing that we're doing because we need to... This is getting placed today. Um, so, interesting thing. BitSocket recently did a video about Breath of the Wild and it was that thing... By saying it's the best Zelda game, you are by definition saying it is the best game. Well, ex- exactly. Is this my yeah, favourite game then, ever? Yeah, but then are we? Are we? You know, this is our list. So is it our favourite or is it the best? You, you've got to try and find that balance. Yeah. And I, I genuinely think it is the best. Do you know what my issue is? Right, probably my favourite. Like I said a second ago, there it does things differently. So. Nintendo could have made it easier for us and done things in Breath of the Wild similarly to Ocarina of Time. So then that way you could say, right, is this better than that? And is this better than that? But Ocarina of Time, I would say, has better dungeons than Breath of the Wild. Because, I mean, I I enjoyed pretty much everything about Breath of the Wild, so I'm not saying there's anything bad as such, but I think the dungeons in Ocarina are better. Yeah, the elemental, you know, you go forest, fire, water, Yeah, I, I like shadow. that. Some people might not like it, but I really enjoy that. Um, and I would agree I would agree with you. Like you said, the direct story maybe is better in Ocarina, I don't know. But the thing is, like, it's just been such a different experience, and it's been so good. And the way they've done it, like, I just can't get... I find it hard to decide whether I would... Ugh. Yeah. It's interesting talking about the element side of things because I guess the different worlds you go to, like the different parts of the world, yeah, would you class them as the elemental parts? You almost could. I mean, they're almost so, elemental challenges in themselves. So talking, for example, about the Divine Beast and the Goron Sea, the challenge there is quite hard, you yeah. know? And I, I did it really weirdly. I went and did the tower and then jumped off the tower and just fucking burst into flames because I didn't do it the right kind of way. Yeah. But then that was an issue for me to solve. And that was my my kind of puzzle. Yeah, my yeah. puzzle to f- defeat the kind of elements was trying to figure out how not to catch fire. And I mean, the, the sheer amount of content and questing and people that you meet in Breath of the Wild, like doing little things, like the little quest outside of the Judo Village, where there's the guy that wants to give you the sand boots, yeah. and like you have to like do this whole quest for him and come back, and then he gives you the sand boots, but you have to give him the snow boots back. And then you're like, but I want the snow boots. And he's like, oh, well, if you want the snow boots, go and do this other quest. And you go and do that. And then he gives you the snow boots as well. And like, there's all these little interactions and things that you can do and things to discover. And just things that you stumble across. And like, yeah, all the little nods and references as well are really cool. Like, there's a lot of stuff in there that for fans and things. So. I think as well saying, you know, it's not just a big world filled with things. It feels like a cohesive world and that you don't have to do any of loads of it there's loads of things I've not even done yet yeah I haven't I haven't done that snow boot quest I've got the snow boots but I haven't gone and done the, the sand boot thing yeah yeah. Um, oh there, there is like, a lot like I've been collecting all the armours and and trying to finish all the quests I don't have a lot left to do um, yeah but you don't feel like you're missing out by not doing those no, things no you don't you don't have to if you don't want to and like the thing is though I think this might be the point that it comes down to for me is that Ocarina you'll play and it'll end 
Breath of the Wild, yeah. if you don't want it to, it doesn't have to ever end, really. You can play that yeah. game and do things and discover things, and you've seen there's loads of things online of people like breaking the game, basically. But it's not really breaking it, it's just using the physics in a certain way. Um, yeah, totally. And I just, totally. yeah, I think the way I'm leaning here is that it does come above Ocarina, I think. That's a big moment so, for us. This is a big moment. Yeah, yeah. Changing your all-time favourite game is not an easy... <laughs> Jesus. Wow. Well, so, what a moment. What a moment to end on. Yeah. So our definitive list, the best game of all time is The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Followed by Ocarina of Time, The Wind Waker, A Link to the Past, Majora's Mask, A Link Between World, Link's Awakening, Skyward Sword, Twilight Princess, Oracle of Ages and Seasons, Minish Cap, Phantom Hourglass, Spirit Tracks, Four Swords Adventure, Triforce Heroes, The Legend of Zelda, and then The Legend of Zelda 2 Adventure of Link. There you go. And it's quite interesting. This isn't this doesn't look like my list at all. And it's not my list either. So it's like the too far north but list. I'm actually really happy with how it's turned out. It looks pretty good, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I'm quite happy yeah. with that. Yeah. Top work, Ross. Yeah, oh, we got there. It wasn't too difficult either, I think. We were quite happy to... We were quite yeah. reasonable gentlemen in the middle of that. Yeah. I'm so, if anyone's made it this far, thank you for listening. Sorry about the uh, time, I know, yeah. <laughs> I know it's been a long one, but it's hard to talk about our favourite series that has so many amazing games and keep it short, yeah. I think, is basically the lesson learned here. And that was basically just um, touching on things. There's so much more to them, I suppose, as well, that you could have went into detail on. But hopefully we'll get the chance to do that um, properly and we'll, we'll do justice to Breath of the Wild um, in part two yeah so please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts um, you can follow us on Twitter I am Oofstuart O-O-F-T-S-T-U-A-R-T and I'm Rooskoff at R-O-O-S-G-O-F-F um, and check our website as well uk. you can download and subscribe to the RSS feed there or through Apple Podcasts and that way you'll keep up to date and when part two is ready we will make sure to upload it as soon as possible. Um, there should be about a week's gap. Um, yeah. If you want to get more Zelda goodness. Yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll get that out for you. So fantastic. As always, thanks very much for listening and we'll hopefully be back soon. Cheers, bye. Bye.